What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? Tell me why you're shaming. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Bella. I would never have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to episode one again of Wrestling on the Rocks. I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR the show. We welcome our drinking buddies for a Thursday night chaser. Say hello, Miss Amanda Jane. Well, hello, Miss Amanda Jane. We are missing a clump. We are not a full litter box. It is Cinco de Mayo. Ole. Ole. And the old generico for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. I miss him. You know, I could have gone to try to find him in Tijuana next week. But alas, I am not. You're not going to be out in Tijuana? What happened? Yeah, he has an orphanage down there. You didn't know that? I know, but I thought you you were going. Are you not going to go to Tijuana? No, I was told it was not safe. Oh. For me to go alone. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, no. People are like, right now, they're like, it's dangerous down there. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I can't go because my passport expired. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> like passports that are uh, legitimate. Yeah. That's true. They're like looking at me. Mm, you look yeah. shady. That's absolutely true. Yeah. As I would cross over with a jacket that said no one on it. Oh. Yeah. Well, Miss Manna Jane, good to have you back. What's uh, mm-hmm. What's in your glass? Well, I have two things. Um, I wish I had tequila because, you know, it's Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've got our normal Coke classic and a favorite of mine, good old Hawaiian, oh, Hawaiian Sun, Luau Punch. This is actually pretty terrific with like vodka and actually Malibu rum. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah, get yourself a coconut and a little umbrella and you're good to go. I think it's awesome. I'm having uh, a little bit of sweet tea, Ooh. and when producer lady uh, makes her way back in, we're gonna have a little bit. We got this new. Um, we found this brand of of of, of margarita. Oh. It's uh, keto friendly for whatever reason. It's got no sugar. It's supposed to be hibiscus and like strawberry, but without any juice in it. Like, we're excited. We're gonna try it out. We'll try it out a little bit later on the show. So that means you're kind of like breaking the alcohol. Rule-ish. Well, the month is over. I was not having alcohol for April. Oh! And now okay. it's May. I would say that I'm still keeping a low intake of alcohol. Yeah. I've had, like, one beer, and I'm going to have probably one glass of margarita. It'll probably be another probably week before I have anything, maybe two weeks when I'm in Alaska at the end of the month. I'll probably have a couple of drinks out there, but before then, I don't have any, like, really plans on drinking heavy by any means. No, you're not going to, uh, like, Marty Janetti it done okay yeah, that's, no. good. that's good yeah it wasn't a detox to then just you know hit the get pedal to the metal again that wasn't the that wasn't the goal well amanda let's talk news uh yeah. a couple things well let's start with birthdays yeah all right well this is a very jam-packed birthday week of people we all know and love so let's get down to it I'll wait and do one last. Um, Dakota Kai is having a birthday. Wasn't a nice gift from 
Vince and company, but happy birthday, girl. Yeah. We've got a lot of stuff in the future for her. I'm really excited to see where she goes and what she does. Yeah. So I think maybe it'd be cool if she went to Japan and did stardom. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be great. Cool for her. So fingers crossed. Uh, Owen Hart, rest, rest in peace, man. Mm-hmm. It would have been his birthday uh, on the 7th. That tournament, I'm not going to go into that. All I know is this. My comments about the Owen Hart tournament, it's it's a waste now because all the good matches happen. I also feel like my enthusiasm for the tournament um, has waned significantly since they had all the matches that I thought would be cool to see in the tournament before the tournament as qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Every match they've announced since then, after the qualifiers, I have a lot less interested in the matches that were leading into it. So, oh, yeah, they put the whole bracket backwards. Up. Is the bracket up now? Mm-hmm. The bracket's up now. They did it on uh, Dynamite this week. All right, we'll go over that then. Okay. We'll go over the but bracket. It, you know, but anyways, we'll pass. Speaking of AEW people, Angelico mm-hmm. was having a, has having a birthday this week. That's another interesting one that I always thought came as a package with yeah. Jack Evans. Me but too. Th- who knows? Who knows what that On was? The only time I can remember them really, well, I mean, I don't know their careers, but I do believe and Angelico was uh, on his own for Lucha Underground, right? Yeah, because Jack Evans couldn't go um, over the border from yeah. Mexico to the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. But outside of that, I thought, yeah, I thought they were a package deal, so. Oh, yeah. yeah, kind of a bummer there but, too. Um, our friend El Generico, one of his buddies, is celebrating a birthday this weekend. Hmm. Happy birthday to the good guy, Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen, however you want to call him. But I love I love him. He's he's the best. So that was nice that you wore Generico, not just because of Cinco de Mayo, but that's one of his old hombres. So oh yeah. No, I have a Rey Mysterio mask. I went with Generico, though. Generico's the best. If you were to ask me, you know, who's one of your favorite luchadors, not going to lie, I think El Generico. Generico comes up. Mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore, no doubt. I have ones that are, if you ask me who's your least favorite, oh, I have a whole list of them. <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number one is Dragon Lee. Because he injures people, and two, he's a diva. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways, guess who else's birthdays this week? Tommaso Ciampa. This is like, it feels like the next couple people, it's like NXT home week. Because oh. Yosha Rai's birthday is coming up. Wow. And then, of course, William Regal. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm actually kind of liking him on with AEW. Because he's going in on commentary whenever the black pool, whatever, yeah. club um, is on TV. And it's kind of nice to have that extra that extra voice there that you don't hear. So yeah. that actually has intelligent things to say. Yeah. Like this oh, year. Yeah. And then uh, a couple other people. Uh, Bobby Roode having a birthday. So. That's glorious. And yep. Lindsay Dorado. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lucha Party. 
And finally, I saved the best for last. I want to give a big birthday shout out to Boom Boom Colcabana. And he's old. Mm. <laughs> he's getting really old. Um, if you're kind of listening here, dude, check your email. You have a birthday mm. gift in there. Oh. Yes. So I normally, oh, when I was mad at him, I didn't send him birthday gifts, but that birthday gift. So happy birthday, Boom Boom. And if you happen to see him uh, tomorrow at, wait, no, I think they pre-taped it. It's not live. Never mind then. Hmm. We hope Tony Khan would have at least filmed a solo match of him on his birthday. But, you know, I'm not Tony Khan. So happy birthday, Boom Boom. Yep. Yep. Happy birthday, Colt. Cheers to everyone. If I'm forgetting a birthday, people, I'm sorry. Happy oh, birthday. Hook. Hook was oh, we missed. Wait. Well, Hook's birthday was yesterday. But yeah. may the four be with him. Yeah. Right, so, for sure. cheers. I wonder if he had a chip-flavored cake. Oh, that'd be cool. A little cake with little crumpled chips on top. Mm-hmm. And it was in the shape of a... I don't know what kind like he a... eats. You can never see know. on the bag. It looks like it's a... You know, the standard Lay's ones. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's like a sponsored, not sponsored thing. So yeah. I see what you're doing, Taz, and your son. I see you. Oh, yeah. A uh, couple things happened in the news. You already talked a little bit about one of them. There was some layoffs that happened right after we had our releases. Um, um, layoff is not, probably not the right term. But there was releases down in NXT. Uh, a number of talent who'd recently been signed who weren't shown on TV much. There was a number of that going on, which always kind of makes you wonder if it's just not clicking or something's not going on right. I do remember someone saying at one point that talent was going to have six months to impress or they were going to be kind of moving through at a faster rate than they were before. Could be seeing that at this point. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, we don't understand the contracts. We don't work on the other side of stuff. What we can really talk about is what we see on our TV and how it affects us. The ones that we saw that we knew that were notable was Dakota Kai, Dexter Loomis, Persia Peraza, and Harland. Harland, just Harland. Uh, the former Parker Budo. Uh, they were all released, which I was kind of surprised by all of them, if I'm honest. I mean, I didn't, I've not been. Uh, uh, quiet about my dislike for the Dexter Loomis Persia indie storyline I haven't liked any of it from a second so I'm glad that that storyline will come to an end I okay. wish we could have repackaged a few people instead of just send them packing all together <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. it'd be much nicer to be like hey we're not doing Dexter anymore uh, but uh, I was really surprised by Harland I feel like yeah. we didn't get to see enough of him to I thought what he did was great at what it was meant to be, but at the same time, we didn't see enough of him to really, I guess, make the judgment. We don't know if people are like backstage. Uh, uh, what do you think? You know, it, it, I agree with you. Like, it's they could have repackaged people, especially Dakota Kai, because what the hell was going on with her the last few months? And especially with the whole, you know, the tag, tag dusty club and yeah and I, yeah i don't understand that but i don't make the rules over there now i really hope in our egotistical ways that someone from wwe heard his bitch about this 
whole Persia Parada, like Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell, blah, 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 storyline. Because let me tell you, that was just, it just was getting just more ridiculous after, you know, through time. So I'm kind of glad that's done. Would I have done that? It's weird. And I thought how they handled it on this week's NXT, which I know we'll talk about later, was weird. Yeah. So that's where I was kind of like, oh. But yeah, that kind of sucks. But then, of course, on the flip side, AEW finally is taking pictures of people off their website. So no more Marco Stunt. Yeah. No more Janella. But mm-hmm. he's been very vocal about that. Um, Stu Grayson. Stu Grayson. Gone. Yeah. He's the one yeah. that I'm really shocked about. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Only because, like, Eagle Uno and him were, are an amazing tag team. And I feel like after Brody Lee died, I think Tony thinks that he kind of has to keep the Dark Order together. Yeah. For it to be a memory. And I, you know, honestly, like myself, no. I mean, you can just let it kind of go. Because I think Silver and Reynolds are doing enough that, you know, hey, they don't need to be a part of that. Colt doesn't need to be a part of that. Um, I can see him branching away, obviously, because he'll be on Ring of Honor. But, you know, the only person, I think, that's dependent on it right now, because Alan Angels is doing his own thing. But it's 10, Preston Vance. So I'd like to see him on his own, you know, doing some things. But that's really sad because, you know, that was a tag team that a lot of people were waiting to see in the States because they had visa issues. So, of course, you know, mm-hmm. trapped in Canada, can't wrestle down here. But once yeah. they started doing it, first stop they hit was PWG. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot that was a long time coming for them to return. So, I don't know. It's really kind of sad because it's like, well, what are you going to have Evil Uno do? Is he going to tag with Colt now or... It's just weird. I know he does singles. I've yeah. seen that quite a bit, but it's not the same. Yeah, they came in as a tag team, and the whole Dark Order was built around the two of them, and so that one of them's gone. And I agree. I think the only reason Dark Order is still around, I think, is because of Brody Lee, and to be honest, because of his son. You know what? They just released that negative one action figure with his dad, which I still think is... It's cool they did it. It's disgusting that it's the most expensive two-pack they've ever released. But it's also disgusting that they're selling it, I think. Yes, I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. The fact that the Blood Brothers, Cody and Dustin, were like $30, and this one's like 65 or 70 for Brody and his son. Yeah, Jurassic Express, I think, was $39. Um, I think Mox... What? No, no, just the just the, the two. Um, Mox and Kenny Omega two pack was, I believe, forty five or fifty, but like the Brody's like sixty five or something like that because it comes with his son. And I just think that I know that part of that's not AEW. I know part of that is Ringside Collectibles. They do what they want and what they what they they're a little autonomous in that realm. Sometimes you see different elite uh, uh, figures at different prices, so it's not completely on AEW, but. It is a ringside exclusive. So AEW selling exclusively through them. They know exactly what they're doing. And I think that if... I just think it's kind of sick to be saying, oh, here's a son 
with his father, father who's passed, and it's the most expensive two pack, and you guys should all buy it. And I don't like that, man. Like, especially if they didn't come out and flat out say that a hundred percent of proceeds go to X okay. or Y. You know what I mean? Like, tell us what's going on with it because it's just, it feels like kind of a gross move. But I think outside of that, that's the only reason they have Dark Order together, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I will say, I noticed online, I was going to pick it up, that a lot of the EW new series is out for pre order mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't think it's justifiable. But for whatever reason, the Thunder Rosa figure is $2 less than all the other ones in that series. What? So jump on it because I think it's like twenty five bucks, twenty six bucks or something, and all the other ones are thirty. On ringside, yeah. I'm only <clears throat> gonna buy them that way because I know I'm not gonna be able to find any of those. Maybe of them all, I can find Starks. Mm. I will not find Will Hobbs in my area. There's no way. Uh, um, Thunder Rosa again. I'm not gonna be able to find her, so I have to pre-order those. And I'll get suckered into buying the the uh, Ricky Starks Darby, yeah, one. So, but yeah, no, some of these figures, it's kind of disgusting. How? Um, well, first of all, I think it's very disgusting that her figure is less than yeah, cost is less than. Maybe that's a mistake. I'd hope it is. But that's you know what I'm what? saying, because I hope it is a mistake, and if you can get it for a couple bucks cheaper, uh, I say do it just because, for one, if it's a mistake, that's their mistake. They shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing it. I don't like the way they do their pricing anyways, like I just said. Ten but, bucks more than the than the whatever, yeah. and then a lot of the times they want you to buy that box. Yeah. You know, so then it doesn't, you won't get a jacked up one, or you'll get a jacked up one, and then you bought this box, like, what the fuck did I buy a stupid case for? That's true. So, I have seen know. a lot of people say that there, uh, there was a, someone, I might have even been like Matt Cardona or whatnot, they even showed that they ordered a bunch of the figures and they crammed them in a box that didn't fit because they didn't order the protectors, so they bent back all the cards to make them fit in a box. And you're like, it's a collectible store. It's not Toys R Us. There's not even some shitty, it's not Big Lots. You know what I mean? It's a collectible store and you're damaging the boxing of it knowing full well that people pay more for mint condition packaging mm-hmm. just because someone didn't spend extra money to have a protector is yeah. the shadiest business. When I started seeing that, that's when I stopped ordering from them full stop. The only yeah. thing I'm considering is the Thunder Rosa toy. But I'm with mm-hmm. you where I've seen most all of the AEW figures in the wild, but I've never come across Jungle Boy. I've not seen a Ricky Stark yet. Well, I don't know if I would yet. see... Oh, yeah, but I thought Darby came out a while ago. Did it not? No. That's part of this set? Okay. We're going to Darby. Oh, the Darby? Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Darby is right. Yeah. Um, but all the other ones I've pretty much seen. Uh, I haven't seen any of the chases, none of the ones that are variants, but I've seen everyone else. And so uh, I'm just a little – I just don't know if we'll see Thunder Rosa, especially out, out here in this area. So. I think in the west from Texas out west – you probably will not see her unless there's tons of her in, in the shipment boxes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that obviously I know because Hobbs is from here, that's going to be the hardest one. And, yeah. you know, I really rarely seen them in the wild only because like when I go to the Walmarts and the targets here, there's usually one or two. So this last time I was shocked. There was like Matt Hardy. I'm like, what the hell? 
And but most of the times I've seen Rio because who the fuck wants yeah. to buy a Rio? You know. Yeah. If I was a kid, I'd be all, "What is that? Who is that? Yeah. I don't want that." And then I've seen the Young Bucks yeah, and Cody. Kind of young Bucks. And I've seen Cody. Like, oh yeah, I saw the the Cody LJN style figure, and I almost picked Ooh. that one up because I was like, "I don't know, this one's pretty cool." That you know what? If you guys picked it up, who would have known? You go over there. So that's kind of cool. It was after he left. It was at a GameStop nearby just like a couple weeks ago. I would have bought it, but it came out before he. It did come out before, and that's part of me why I thought about it. I was like, man, I should get all the Cody AEW figures now because he's one of mine. Now people are like, ah, I hate Cody. Now he went to that evil place. Ah. Uh, Bishop's in the chat. He says he saw Amanda's best friend on Young Rock. That uh, he's Ooh. way better as the Brooklyn Brawler than anything he's ever done. Okay, first. First of all, <laughs> unnecessary. Come on. Come on, it's his birthday tomorrow. Okay, throw the guy a bone. Okay, That's come on point. now. Good point. But no, it was cool because Brooklyn Ballers one of his childhood heroes, so he was yeah. really excited about that. So, um, but yeah, I also thought he did fine work on Chicago Fire. Yeah, he was That's a fireman, right. and I like him. But you know, hey, I and then he was. Yeah, and then he was the dude on um, uh, Chicago PD where they were mm-hmm. questioning him, and he was apparently a racist dude, which I thought was funny mm-hmm. because you know, yeah, because it had to do with um, anti-Semitism and it's Jewish. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, no, but he's he's good. You got to hear him call too. That Defy show last week that was on um, Pluto. Uh-huh. Holy shit! I mean, I've never, I have not seen him be that excited about calling wrestling in a long time. And I know he's not going to do it. He already told Tony Khan no, he doesn't want to do it there. He knows wrestle. Uh-huh. But I have a feeling they're probably going to put him back with Ian Rickabani, which. I have my issues with because it gets obnoxious and sometimes Colt's trying to like play babysitter when I'm like you're not an adult either so but yeah so if you guys get to see that on Pluto um, I was told that each of these Defy shows will run for a month the Filthy Tom Lawler versus Mox was amazing I will say that um, you guys know I'm not a John Moxley fan but that was a very excellent match. And that's probably one of the best Filthy Tom Lawler matches I've seen. And I enjoy a lot of his matches. So if you can check it out, it's free if you have Pluto. I know if you have Xfinity, it's for free. I don't know about everybody else. But... So watch him. I don't know if uh, Colt's doing a regular gig, but he actually, I thought, oh, he's going to pipe in for more. No, he was in Seattle. So Defy, I would I would have gone. No. Let's keep it moving. Uh, some other news coming out. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. said on his podcast, he's been teasing about it a lot on his uh, on his podcast, and he's even said at Aero Hawani's show not that long ago that he wants to start his own promotion. Uh, but he came out with a lot more details. I mean, he was vague about some stuff because you got to be vague about some stuff. But he, like he said, he sees it happening in about eighteen months. He's already scouting locations. Um, he wants to be putting on like a two-hour show. Uh, he's got enough money for about three year plan. So if it doesn't make money for three years that 
he'll be fine. Because um, he took on these Netflix gigs just to pay for it. Like, it's not part of his other money. It's money he earned just specifically for this. Wow. Uh, uh, Storylines based in reality. He wants to give men and women equal time. Uh, he wants to own the space that it's filmed in, so it's kind of all his. Uh, he wants it to be SAG. Not that everyone's got to be SAG to get in, but it should help people get to SAG. Um, and that's kind of where it's at. But he is taking requests, or not requests, but ideas for the name. He doesn't have like a name for it yet. He's not sure what he wants to call it. So I think there's that. He's also he's not hiring anybody right now. I'm keeping my close ears to that one because I'm going to try and weasel into this promotion some way or another. If not as a ref, as something backstage, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be a showrunner. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know? I want to be a travel person. That's a good call. That good one. call. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. do it. Yeah, and I have yeah. a lot of trust with these people already, so. Yeah. We'll get the word out when he starts looking, so. Yeah. Uh, I, but there's a lot of people going back and forth on what they think about Freddie Prince Jr. running an uh, organization, if it's a good idea or bad. What do you think? Oh, I love it. Um, first of all, if you're on the camp of it's bad, well, remember, he did was one of WWE's writers for the longest time. Yep. He's probably the longest tenured one that I can think of off the top of my uh-huh. head. I don't think he was there for that many years, but he was pretty pivotal. Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't for Freddie Prince Jr., we might not have ever gotten a Jeff Hardy championship run. We nope. might not have ever gotten um, – actually, the, the Kofi Kingston gauntlet match that brought him to the WWE championship was a was a story pitch that he had for when he was going for the IC title. Mm-hmm. And they used the exact story from then to mm-hmm. the other time. So – uh, and he's been part of some stinkers too. He's talked about on his show. I would say for all the details of what he's done, though, check out his podcast, Wrestling with Freddie. But it's a fascinating story. But you're right; he did a lot. He did a lot for the women. Uh, he was a part of a lot of major stories. So, uh, yeah, I think he's capable. Yeah, I have no like no um, qualms about it. That's going to be great. Yeah. And if it's kind of the way I think, if he envisions it, I have this feeling. That's what the Bucks and everyone thought AEW should have been. Yeah. 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 We'll see. But I'm excited for it. Yeah. I am too. I can't wait. But if you want someone who's got a side card, Banna has a side card. That's a good point. That's a good point. Start start (laughs) there. Well, him and then I think anyone who's on Lucha Underground might as well. I think so. I know Hennigan has one. Or Johnny, insert your name. Yeah. Um, which I'm excited. He's going to Jane, Game Changer. So he's Johnny Game Changer now. No, that's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. It's really exciting because I'm like, wow. But I'm waiting for him to really go um, on the Indies somewhere. So. Yeah, he hasn't done it. I expected more of him, but maybe we're still waiting. So I, I don't think know. Maybe, he, and he's got a plan. Yeah, I think he does too. John always has some kind of kind of plan. I'm like, are you going to do Boone too? Okay, I liked Boone the Bounty Hunter. Don't judge people. But I think that he's, yeah, he's taking his time. And, you know, when I watch his, him working out on Instagram, I'm like, holy crap, with all the parkour oh, yeah. and whatnot. I just, I'm like, whoa, dude. That's just awesome stuff. So. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, and then the last bit of news that we'll talk about and we'll get into the shows was uh, um, Tessa Blanchard. She's reportedly, uh, let's see, they said, according to, to Fightful, uh, recently had a falling out with the company and her status is uncertain. So a lot of people discussing Tessa being an issue. I saw someone else word it, such as um, the wrestling business keeps trying to give Tessa second chances and she keeps falling on her face on her own. It's hard not to see it that way. I mean, obviously, we don't know what's going on. None of us are backstage. And to, if I'm being real honest about the idea of a lot of these uh, reporters, they don't truly know what's going on most of the time anyways, either. They have an idea. They have somebody who said a thing. It's very much the the telephone of rumors it's and it's everyone who has an agenda right like that's not to say they never get anything right or they don't know what they're talking about ever but it is to say that nothing they get is unbiased <laughs> so uh yeah i don't know i think it's crazy i really thought she was going to utilize this wow stuff to help Indeed. propel her back into a positive light that's <sighs> uh, it kills me how she is probably I would say hands down if you were to ask like who are like the top, right currently the top five women wrestlers she's in there and she's not really anywhere wrestling and that's mm-hmm. sad you know yeah I will say this I was shocked that she actually they asked her to do all in I was shocked yeah not surprised but they did and so I'm kind of like, you know, but I just really, I really wish that, I don't know. I mean, there's such a weird line between people who have issues with other people backstage. All all these wrestlers, men, women, and whatever, a lot of them are melodramatic. Yeah. You know, you can see it. Like, almost like this Amber Heard Johnny Depp crap, but I'm not getting into that. But you can see that some of the people, because wasn't uh, Matt Hardy's wife one she kind of crossed paths yeah. with? Yeah. Well, right there, that's already a woman you don't want to fuck with. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. And yeah. I mean, if some people are still hiring people who are questionable, hi, TJ Perkins. Um, yeah. I, why can't you bring Tessa on? Yeah, you know, but then you hear about and, stuff like this, and if she's having issues in the locker room again, then it's like, well... Well, we don't know if it's an issue in the locker room. True, but whatever you know, it is, it's an issue backstage. It's definitely not something she's doing in-ring, because, like we said, yeah, in-ring, she's one of the top five in the world, no doubt. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. easy, easy conversation to start with, you know what I mean? But, fuck, man, like... You, I mean, and I thought a lot of her keeping her head down and staying out of all that was to try and get on the right side of all that. You know what I mean? Like clear your name kind of a thing. Like don't be in any trouble. Like, and then, uh, yeah, you hear this stuff and you go, ah, shit, you know, like, I don't know. It's a bummer. It's a bummer in some respects. It's also kind of like, I guess, I guess it is what it is in another, you know? So, yeah. Oh, well, I, I hope one day we get to see her wrestle again on a bigger platform, but 
Yeah. Unless people who don't know who the hell she is. Maybe Freddie Prince Jr. would give her a shot. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, uh, I'm ready to talk about the shows if you are. Yeah, we can talk about the shows. Let's see. AEW. 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 I'm going to pull up the AEW results. I'll be honest. I was watching the results sort of online. Uh, I, I was out the whole time it was on. Came back, scrolled through AEW's timeline on Twitter, watched Thunder Rosa's promo, and uh, felt literally no desire at all to watch any of the show in its entirety. No. Well, I really wanted to see the Diana Perrazzo Mercedes Martinez match. They saw. I mean... I, I, okay. I can understand. I, yeah. I'll tell you this. I knew going into it that Diana was not going to win. Yeah, we've been talking about it since he since Tony bought ROH. She wasn't going to win. No, no. She wasn't going to win. Not only that, people... Are, she's trying to say that, oh, they only did the interim one because she couldn't... Um, she couldn't be at ROH. And she said, well, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't booked on it. Yeah. You were booked on something else. You know? You're, I think, Impact. <laughs> so it's well, like at the same time or... But she also said she was never asked. I don't know what to believe with her. Right. Tony said he didn't ask her because he saw that she was booked somewhere else. But at the same yeah. time, he never asked. And that's only to say he did have the Briscoes on that night. Mm-hmm. The Briscoes were also booked on Impact that night. They did both. Yeah. So maybe it's not out of the question that he should have asked if he actually wanted her on. But my con- my point of contention is I don't think for a second he wanted her on. I yeah. think he was going to crown a new ROW, ROH Women's Champion. He thought she was just going to stay quiet about it, and they were just going to move on. What ended up happening is she said, I was never asked. Then he had to respond to it, and he goes, well, it's just an interim championship. And then now he's like, well, now we're going to book her for something. So he gets her to go on TV and lose in, like, six minutes. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was him trying to cover his ass because she called him out on it, and that's all there is to it. I think that if it was up to Tony, he wouldn't have had her on the show at all. No. But also she has a reputation, too. Oh, yeah. Like a drama queen. And remember, she's got <coughs> an ex-boyfriend who's on the card, who's on the roster. You have people who knew her very knew her through her the boyfriend a little bit ago and I think they didn't want to hear that drama because from what I've been told that when she was with ROH and this other person um, people didn't like hanging out with him if she was around mm-hmm. because just she was either annoying or whatnot. so yeah. Take that with the great stuff, people. Yeah. Well, he told me this very reliable source. Yeah. So. Uh, Justin Time coming through the chat. Cheers, Justin Time. says, thank God the right woman won. It would have made zero sense if there was even a thought of Deanna winning. I don't, like, I honest to God, like, I thought it was funny that people even 
toyed with the idea that Deanna might win. Like, I saw people going like, oh, this is going to be great. Let's go Deanna. Deanna's going to win, and she's going to earn herself a contract. And I was like, the issue isn't that she has to earn a contract. The issue is that Tony doesn't want her. Like, there's no. it's been clear as day since the moment he bought ROH, who he wants and who he doesn't. Because the thing is, ROH went bankrupt months before he bought it. Yeah. And what did he do then? He bought a number of people, a number of their contracts. He brought over Jay Lethal. He brought over, I think it was three people, wasn't it? He got in total. Lethal. Um... Was it just Lethal? Did he only pick up Lethal and say, that's the only one I want? Yeah. That might be it. Yeah. So he goes, I got Jay Lethal. I don't want the others. If he wanted mm-hmm. him, he would have got them. Because you know what happened with all of them? They all were out of contract. They were all on the market, every single one of them. And any one of them who'd had any interviews, because I heard a number of people from ROH during those interviews. Oh, we got Danhausen. He picked up Danhausen. Oh. Um, I don't really consider him Ring of Honor because he didn't do much on Ring of Honor. No, but he was signed to a contract with Ring of Honor, and then that contract was expired or was terminated, right? So he picked up who he wanted. He had a bunch of talent out there who no longer were under contract. Who were looking for a lot of them said they never heard from him. He was reaching out to who he wanted to. He never reached out to Diana. She was not under contract at that moment. So yeah, yeah I think that the idea that Diana could have won is silly. Uh, I think it's naive. I do think it's fun to be a wrestling fan. <laughs> Cheer for who you like. Uh, but yeah, there was just, I didn't think there was any, anything to it was the match even that good because i heard people were disappointed if i'm being honest i saw you a lot know, of people dis- you, toxic disappointment i think diana it was disappointing in the fact that diana did it you know she knew she wasn't gonna win so it was very sloppy on her p- part of it okay but it also seems that it really is not fair to mercedes martinez i mean mercedes is great you know and to kind of you know this is a that was a huge platform being on TNT like that, you know, the main event. And, yeah. you know, I think that that was kind of a disservice to her. But, you know, it, it really wasn't that great. Because it's like, what are you supposed to do with someone who just does, you know, they know that they're not going to win. And they know they're, that basically you're just there because, you you know, the boss got called out. Yeah. And that's the kind of guy he is. So, you know. It was it was weird and just going into it, you could feel that and I'm like, yeah. I mean, she tried because like, she had a really good reception when she came out. Oh yeah, yeah. People loved her, but you know. I mean, I'll be honest for what it's worth, and who the fuck am I? And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And realistically, I'm just some dude who drinks and does a talk show with their friends, right? This isn't. Don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I've never been impressed by a single Deanna match. I've never been impressed by her. I just haven't. Every time I saw her, and anytime she came out in NXT, I was kind of like, I don't see it. Anytime she was going on Raw to job or not, it always felt like someone not trying. Like, it just, I don't know if I've just missed her greatest matches or if it's just that evident when she's not happy that it comes across. But I do think yeah. that, I do think that if even the latter is true, even if it turns out like, hey, if she's not happy about a thing, she won't perform it to par. Best mm-hmm. case scenario, you're unprofessional, and it comes across. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just I don't get it. I don't understand the Diana train. I, uh, I, I, 
Not for me, I guess. Uh, Justin says in time in in chat, Jenna just gives me vibes that she has a bad attitude, and that could be uh, it. Yeah. It could be that like, hey, when she's out there and she knows she's gonna and she's really into it, and re- maybe she puts on real bangers. But for yeah. what it's worth, if she's not into it and not yeah. doing much, then I'm not invested. You know. Well, we all know why she got signed to WWE, right? Was it? It was to lure someone else, wasn't it? Yep, sure was. And I mean, you she probably felt like shit. Like, yeah, you're just there because they want your boyfriend. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, she also reportedly had a bad attitude backstage about stuff and an ego, yeah. so I could see it. Oh, yeah. not... I've seen her have a bad attitude. <clears throat> to me, yeah. of all people. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, bitch, don't even go there. Okay, do not even go there. Yeah, but yeah. anyways. But yeah, yeah. it's not... Damn. I don't know. It's weird that they still have that belt on Gresham. Yes. So I'm waiting to see who uh, Tony's going to take that off of him. Okay. Yes. Because I think that it was a huge, a huge loss when he didn't sign Bandito. I'm sorry. Bandito is so talented. Yeah. Like, what the hell? You know? Yeah. So I, I, know. Uh, I wonder, too, who he's going to put the ROH title on because... It's going to have to be somebody who's, like, the other thing I get, like, I don't understand, honestly, why Samoa Joe and Yuta are holding those two titles if it's not to bring them down. You know what I mean? Like, if you have mm-hmm. them highlighted on Dynamite and you open up Ring of Honor and start televising Ring of Honor shows, it's not going to be with your top Dynamite talent. You know what I mean? Because that's your, your company's AEW. ROH is secondary. It'll never be as big as AEW in any respect. Yeah. So... Why would you put it on, like, Yuda, who you're pushing real heavy, except maybe to lose early on in the Ring of Honor days the rebranch, so that way it gives credibility to whoever takes it off of them, mm-hmm. or to have them step down a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, Samoa Joe's a massive personality. Yeah, but the good old days were when Samoa Joe was on Ring of Honor, so yeah. a lot of people missed that, so yeah. I think that what's going to happen is it's going to be like a nostalgia show yeah. because you've got Sanjay Dutt there who obviously is what managing Jay Lethal I'm like I know the player from the Himalayas would love to wrestle again you know he stopped but I mean there's nothing wrong with whatever he just kind of stopped Um, and he's there because I'm pretty sure Tony if he wants to go to India that's the guy who set it up for WWE and did his own tours over into India. So he's got the people. Yeah. Look at Colt when they did Supercard Honor. I was like, damn, he's still so beloved over there. Yeah. Imagine if you had Phil. But, I mean, he always gets a big reception anyway. Yeah. But that's, you know, yeah, that's a big thing. Or, you know, Brian Danielson. It's another yeah. nostalgia act with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Oh, we'll by see. the way, speaking of belts and whatnot, um, congrats to Daniel Garcia, who's now the PWG world champ, beat Bandito. This last That's day. cool. Yeah. Um, I was very shocked, but it obviously, you know, I look at what they're doing to him on TV and it's a waste. Yeah. He's so talented. But now he's just a goon in a Kangol hat. But 
just to throw this out here because it was announced today, um, King of the Indies is back um, after a two-year hiatus. And it's in November on the 13th in San Francisco. It is um, a co-joint show with um, Revolution Pro, which is the Lucha Libre promotion up here, yeah. and uh, West Coast Pro. So um, I think that you're going to see like a Daniel Garcia in there. And because it is a Saturday, you're going to see someone marquee at that. So if I were you people and you're in near the area, you might want to consider taking a trip to see this tournament because I'll tell you, I saw Jungle Boy and Jake Atlas had the most amazing, amazing match. And that was Jungle Boy's last match before he went to AEW and Jake not soon after went to uh, WWE. Hmm. So, I mean, we saw some great ones. We saw some stinkers and yeah, but it's a really great tournament. So you'll get some good Lucha Libre people. Um, You'll probably get like a Phoenix or a Pentagon probably Hmm. with it. So, and the tickets are reasonably priced. So, keep that in mind. Uh, anything on Rampage that you wanted to definitely talk about, or you want to talk Dynamite no. mostly? Rampage. Well, they're Strickland yeah. and, and Darby, and I'll say that I didn't watch that match. I know it was probably good. It was but... good, but it's the same old, same old match they always have. Yeah. And it just is kind of like, for people who've never seen that, why couldn't you have done that later in the tournament? Again, like what we were talking about, because it's yeah. stupid. Yeah, my you know, biggest it, issue with the Owen Hart tournament at this point is all the matches that I thought could happen in the tournament that I was going to oh, be yeah. really clamoring for happened in the qualifying matches. So now the bracket's out, and I go, I don't care about any of that. I saw all the matches I wanted to see in the tournament before the tournament. Like, he booked it backwards. You know what I mean? Like, any one of the matches we had to qualify to get in could have been the final match of the tournament, and it would have made oh, sense yeah. and been appealing. And he was like, let's start oh. with all the main event style marquee matches, and then we'll whittle it down to something we could do on Dark. Okay, so here's the, the lineup. Kyle O'Reilly is facing Ray Phoenix. Well, I think we know who's going to Well, that was a toss-up. Who will win that? Kyle O'Reilly. Well, it depends on who's on the other side of the bracket. Let me pull up the bracket, too, because I, I can tell you... Uh, a lot of times it's easy to see who's going to win based off of who they would have to face next. Yeah. Um, let me see. Owen Hart Tournament Bracket. I misspelled every single one of those words. Let's see what Google does. You're smart. It found it. How is it already in the fucking semifinals? There's no. only fucking three matches in this. Does he not know how tournaments work? Dude, that's your hero. Nine days, nine days. And it started with the fucking semis. I don't. It, what is this? Remember. An eight man. And a Joker? They're literally putting Joker so anyone can join in the middle of that? Yeah. That is well, so stupid. I'll get into it in a minute. But. Okay. Well, okay. Remember. So Ray Phoenix or Kyle O'Reilly. It depends on who the Joker is. It depends on who the Joker is. Do we know who? Well, there's a rumor. What's the rumor? The Joker is. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli. You're so done. 
that it's going to be Cesaro? Yeah, that's Claudio now. He's no longer Cesaro. He's not Claudio. He's a version of Cesaro. Did you see how he changed his name? It was like C-Z-R-O or some shit. It's C-Z-R-O or some shit. I'm like, dude, you're Claudio. I know. Go back to Claudio, dude. But whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, and there's Justin in the chat. There's even a random joker as well. Yeah, I guess I just found that out. Like, Yeah. Okay, so. random person I can think that it could be is a certain person, but I doubt that. I doubt that highly. Yeah, I doubt it too. I do yeah. think. Okay, so. I wish. But... Now, here's the other problem with Tony. <laughs> is he books like a dude with action figures? Like, he doesn't book like a dude who's thinking about it. Duh. So you'd say, okay, if they're bringing in Claudio, then you don't want him to lose immediately, except he's had a ton of people lose immediately. Look at Strickland. He's only won yeah. one match. Strickland's lost every match since he got in. You know, one, one. Yeah. yeah. Look at Keith Lee. He only had one good match, and it was short. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't know how to use people once they get there. So it's hard to say that. Oh, it's Claudio, so he'll obviously have to beat Samoa Joe. And since he's a super baby face, you probably put him up against a Kyle O'Reilly uh, because their styles would go well together. And then you end up with Claudio in the finals. It's really easy to say that. It ain't gonna happen. If it's not. If it's I not. I mean. God. If it's not I, someone that they don't have, if it's someone they have under contract, I swear to God, if I hear fucking, um, if I hear Judas, that first note of it, I will like, I'm hold done. the fucking phone. You're look, look, I'm looking at this too. If it is Claudio, your entire Owen Hart tournament, it's supposed to be this breakout thing, revolutionary. Talking about how a like this is AEW branded, is AEW. Mm-hmm. You would be having Cesaro, Samoa Joe. Kyle O'Reilly, Jeff Hardy, Adam Cole, and Dax Harwood in there. You'd only have two people in the whole fucking tournament who are AEW alum. Everyone else is straight out of the training of WWE. Mm-hmm. And looking at this bracket, or if Ring it's not Honor. Dax Harwood, go or, the fuck home. Or Ring of Honor. Well, they all have Ring of Honor history if you went not through NXT. If you went through NXT, you were ROH Darby. at some point. Darby and Ray. That's what I mean. Darby and Ray are the only two there who are like AEW guys. So he just wants to have a fucking WWE tournament. Like this isn't even like, and I don't even mean that it's like, hey, uh, these ex-WWE guys can't be coming in and taking spots. It's not that at all. I'm saying the style of matches the guys put on. Dax Harwood has a WWE style match that he does. Adam Cole has an Adam Cole style match. Which is shitty. Which is fucking garbage. <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Darby are going to... It's the, the first one to die by their own hands oh, on that one. Because they're both going to... They might even both jump off of ladders without somebody else on the ground. They might just both jump to the outside. There yeah. goes, those, those two dudes are so crazy. Yeah. And then Matt Samoa Hardy. Joe wrestles slow and WWE style. Mm-hmm. Stop farting! <laughs> I do what I want. It's my show. Ooh. Thank God we don't... That's not picking up on the mics. And if you get Samoa Joe versus Claudio, that's a WWE match. If you end up then getting Kyle O'Reilly and Claudio, it's WWE, right? Mm -hmm. If you end up with Dax Harwood and Adam Cole, you're talking about a match that could have happened in WWE. Mm -hmm. You're talking about uh, Jeff Hardy, Darby, obviously not. But if Jeff Hardy wins, then you're going back to Dax Harwood and Jeff Hardy, which is a match that did happen in WWE. And then you're talking about potential ending of Dax Harwood and Claudio. 
for the tournament thing, which is two very WWE-style guys going in there. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but I am saying that it's not exactly the fan service I would expect from AEW. Tony needs to be servicing the hardcore AEW fan and not be trying to lure in WWE fans. Because the bottom line, if you main evented a tournament with Dax Harwood and Claudio, it wouldn't have been the talk of the town. It could be a fucking amazing match. Both those dudes are incredible. Yeah, but... But you're talking about tag team guys. Yeah. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm talking about two of the greatest of of our era, of our generation. Mm -hmm. These guys are incredible talent. I don't mean this to demean any of the talent. And even last week when I talked about uh, Dax and Cash Mm -hmm. being a little bit too much Bret Hart for me, in that because the company has done so many of those Bret Hart tributes, not because Dax and Cash couldn't nail it and they did it and it was perfect. They were ama- Those are the two I want to see from and only them. It was watered down by what happened outside of their control. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. not trying to knock any of those guys. They're amazing. But the whole show is a product. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Cheetah. I mean, but again, WWE. Um, but actually, it's not going to be Kushida because he didn't get to be in Best of the Super Juniors. Oh. And that's a big mistake. Huge fan. So the Joker's probably a new signee that we haven't mm-hmm. seen yet. I, I guess I personally, I'm pushing for the guy in my shirt, but I know that's a very big liability. Yeah. But that could save the tournament. Mm. Or kill his company. Or kill his company. <laughs> <laughs> not going to oh lie. God. Could save uh, the tournament, but destroy the company, and it's company. just a gamble. However, you cut it. I don't want to go there. He's a child molester. No, 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 no. Uh, uh-uh. don't go to the the hills. I'm like, if you want to die on that hill, people, go for it. I'll stab you. But anyways, um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, this tournament. It's not as exciting as the as the qualifiers by any means. I think Darby will beat Jeff. I think Dax is going to beat Adam Cole. I think Dax will beat Darby. So I think you're going to get Dax winning the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think. I think you might move Samoa Joe down because he's the TV champ. Yeah, he's not going to win. You think he'll lose in the first round or second round? Yeah, first round. You think that he'll or, lose to whoever comes in? Mm-hmm. I also don't know if I think Samoa Samoa Joe. I think is also imposing enough to. I feel like Samoa Joe is the type mm-hmm. to tell Tony Khan that doesn't work for me, brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like that of all like okay, okay, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. I feel like that watching Tony Khan and Samoa Joe sit next to each other in that media scrum after the ROH show. Was it uncomfortable? I didn't see it. So, <laughs> so funny. Because oh, Tony no. says stuff and Samoa Joe doesn't even like look at him. And then they're like asking stuff. They're like, Are, were you surprised that AEW bought or that Tony Khan was able to buy Ring of Honor? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, in the fact that I was trying to negotiate very heavily with Ring of Honor to be purchased by WWE... <laughs> And I was trying to get it under the WWE banner. Uh, I was shocked in that regard for sure. <laughs> I was like, "What?" So like, and he didn't like. He didn't have to say all that. He could have been like, 
I was surprised because I thought there would be other offers. He goes, no, I was personally working very hard to get it bought by WWE because that's where I think Damn. it should be, like, fucking funny. And like, Tony's just sitting there like, okay, okay. <laughs> he's so stupid. I swear to God. When, when oh, Samoa God. Joe goes to leave, mm-hmm. I mean, for one, Tony Khan's, like, fanboying out the whole time and clapping. And he puts his hand out to shake his hand. Samoa Joe does one of these numbers where he kind of, like, Half looks over his shoulder and goes, oh, and kind of like sort of shakes his hand as he's like walking away. Like he was like not fucking – it was not how you see him interact with Triple H. I'll be – I'll say that. But I could see Samoa Joe being put in here and then be like, all right, you're going to lose in the first round. And Samoa Joe goes, I'm not is the thing. (laughs) So he had to get – the first round technically was I thought the qualifying ones, but I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, I know. Whatever, um, but this is also a man who also has a ranking system that doesn't mean shit. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Tony Khan tell Samoa Joe that he wants him to do something that Samoa Joe doesn't want to do and just watch how it plays out. I want to see him back, like, a secret camera. Yeah. To be a I fly just, on the wall. I just would love it to be all like, um, I hear you, Tony. I think that it would be uh, more conducive to our relationship should this other thing happen instead mm-hmm. or even see him do like the what if what if i don't do that at all or what if you fucking try me or what if you fuck around and find out tony which one do you want <laughs> uh let's see oh justin time says tony switched joe's match it was announced weeks ago he was facing o'reilly but now he's against the joker that could be a big thing too because what if they did want o'reilly to move forward and he was going to beat Joe, and Joe said, I'm not losing to that tag team turd. And then he said, well, would you lose to Claudio? And he goes, yeah, I would do that. I could see that. I could see Joe putting in the Joker to be someone he's willing to take a loss to. Well, I think, even if it's Marty, I think he'd be willing. I don't know. I don't know his life. Hmm? I don't know his life. I don't know. I think he'd be willing. I don't know. I'm saying I don't know. The reason why it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know. It makes me seem, I mean, hell, it could be Flip Gordon. It could be Johnny, Johnny Dynamite, Johnny Rampage, Johnny whatever. What's that? This is our margarita. Our our keto margarita. Zero sugar, 15% ABV. 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 Uh, Strawberry hibiscus flavor made with tequila. I don't know why it's... Oh, the flavor's made with... So they use tequila for flavoring as well as for tequila-ing. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, how you do it? The brand looks like it's named Margarita, which is a fucking weird way to brand. Oh, Crook. Mm-hmm. Crook. Crook and Marker. And it even says flavored beer. What? Yeah, it says organic alcoholic strawberry margarita flavored cocktail with other natural flavors flavored beer. Oh. So I think it's made like a beer to taste like margarita. All right, that just blew my mind. One gram carb per serving. Do it. And I do want to mention this is on topic because it's also a drinking show. So, <laughs> but zero sugar, zero fuss. It says I'm into. I oh, sweet. What? Oh, oh my god! Listen to this. What? It goes adios, sugar, and don't let the blender hit you on the way out. We source the hey. finest organic ingredients from across the world to create this beautifully refreshing, ready-to-serve margarita. Zero sugar, zero fuss. We use luscious, all-natural strawberry and hibiscus flavors made with organic tequila for a guilt-free flavor fiesta that will make your taste buds say, 
Oh, Marg God. Best over ice. They used the Omar God like it was JR saying it. This is amazing for wrestling fans, I'm be honest with you. Bug out! Bug out! It's zero sugar! That's dope. Alright, I'm ready to try it. Okay, and because this is a drinking show. Yeah, it's drinking. I'm a little, uh. My brain can't. Well, the thought of it being beer. I mean, it's it's really good. It's a very unique taste. Okay. Have you ever like had it's it? somewhere down the middle? Like it's almost like margarita. It's almost like beer. It's almost syrupy, but it's not. Like it's got a heavy flavor. Oh wow! I takes a minute. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of flavor. Sorry, sorry about that. Well, no, it's good. We'll see how it goes. How do you have a margarita? I didn't know. know. It's like a margarita beer. But I didn't know it was gonna be so syrupy. It's a little syrupy. For zero sugar, it's syrupy. Yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, that's probably sponsored, not sponsored, right? Sponsored, not sponsored. Justin Time says Tony uh, should have it be Marty. I'm all for that. Yeah, Justin Time's ready for him to come back. It's time. I swear to God, when I hear that first key, the, ding, the piano, I freak out. Marsh can attest to this. I think it's the hibiscus. Sure, yeah. Sure the hibiscus is really interesting. It's almost floral or something. Yeah, it's like a heavy floral, but the strawberry's not. But it's also like artificial strawberry flavoring because it's not with real juice. Ew. I think that's Ew. why it's a little. I think that's why it's got that little bit of a weird yeah. kickback. That sounds like it. I like it, but mm. it's a sipper. Yeah, you sip this one. Yeah, yeah. you're not throwing it back. No, Marsh knows how excited I get with Marty's matches. Yes. Yep. Yes. That little piano. I was freaking out, and everyone's looking at me like, "What the hell?" Yeah, it was awesome. Thank um, you that night. I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was dope. I know. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, what, uh, that's the tournament. I think that the winner's going to be Dax Harwood. I think, if nothing else, Dax Harwood's going to be in the finals. Uh, I think the Joker is the deciding factor. I think that they're either going to um, – I think the Joker's going to either win or be in the finals. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to end up with Joker and Dax. But I think it's going Dax. Because I think if you don't put it on Dax, you're kind of a dick. What if it was a heart? Like Teddy Hart? No. Okay, no. <laughs> God, if you can't have like, you know – Briscoe's on TV. I'm sure her would love to have Teddy Hart. Oh, oh yeah. God. That that drink's hitting you hard. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, we don't want the Briscoes on. Teddy Hart? That sounds fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. No, I'm talking about Harry Smith. Oh, wow. Smith Jr. Harry Smith would be good. They're the ones mm-hmm. that make those little guys. Oh, we like those ones. We do. This but is... those are a little... Remember, we didn't get those a second time. <laughs> Or a little almost like a, like a, it almost tasted powdery. All right. Well, this was an experiment. 
It's neat. Oh, this just made me think. If it was Harry yeah. Smith, I would love to see them utilize him with Archer as KES, Killer Elite yes. Squad. I've always loved Killer Elite Squad. That's the best Archer there is, is Killer Elite Squad. Yeah. I will say if it's Harry Smith and they don't give him the win, then, then fuck Tony Khan, dude. Like, seriously? Yeah. But you want to fanboy WWE shit and you don't give the one who actually has the dynasty behind him. Yeah, real smart. Yeah. Real smart. It'd be great. I will let's see. Oh, Justin Hart says Teddy Hart is so awesome, but he seems he'd rather spend his time in jail. <laughs> yeah, when you make decisions, there are consequences. Wow. Yeah. Justin, I'm gonna have to quote that because that's the best I think synopsis of who Teddy Art is. Yeah, that's true. He's a crazy cat man. And yeah, that's like jail. Yeah, he's just into it. Um let's see. Well, was there anything else on AEW that was um Well, I did love of course this is the internet wrestling, and I don't know why the internet wrestling has been the matches have been better. Um the on dark, the Hobbs and Starks tag team against. Okay, I only have to bring this up because I was so offended by this. Yeah, I wanted to write Tony Khan a letter, but I, I resisted. So it's this young tag team. Never heard of them. One of the guys, his name was Terry Yaki. That's. Are you fucking serious? That was on the show. It was on dark. Oh, on dark. Okay, I thought you were talking about dynamite. Dark. But even I mean, then, it's still not I'm good. Like, but at least it's on YouTube. The, and the guy's a black guy, and you know, not no offense, but I'm just like, are you kidding me? You need to be repackaged. Because that gonna... did you feel like that was more or less offensive than the Panda Express? It was a little bit more. Okay. Because remember that guy came out in an inflatable panda costume. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a little different. Yeah. Though, because Panda Express is an Americanized whatever. That's true. Ariyaki's actually comes from Japan, I believe. Yeah. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm bad Asian, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, naming um, yourself Teriyaki yeah. is a bad. Yeah, that's a bad. That's a bad call. But the match was actually it was interesting because people want to give shit it. to fucking Braun Breaker, but Teriyaki is in a free pass. Mm. I'm not into it. Yeah. Uh-uh, no. That guy's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. But I had to bring that up because it's like Terry Yaki. When I saw that on the the thing, actually it was on Twitter. <coughs> Excuse me. And I saw the match card. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, is that really what I think it's supposed to be? And then when Excalibur was like, oh, we have Terry Yaki. And I'm like, and he actually snickered. So, and I'm like, great. Where was JR? We could have put the Oriental shit in it, and then it just would have been really bad. But Jump JR would have been great with that. The name is Karyaki. Well, I think shit like that is why why JR doesn't commentate for other shows. Because I think he doesn't want to be around any of that bullshit. It's the same reason why like he was never on any of the kickoff shows that they had. Because it was always like weird, goofy, silly, awful bullshit that he was like, I don't want any part of that. I'll come out for the main show, and that's going to be that. Yeah, let Shimani do it. Yeah. He has no shame. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, 
But if you can check it out, check it out. Um, is, are they doing Starks and Hobbs versus Jurassic Express next week? I have no idea what's on next week. I didn't care about what happened. I think this that week. might be the main event. Yeah, I mean that's that's a main event. Yeah, you have four dudes from Dark suddenly showing up to be the main event. Doesn't make sense. Where that someone's hometown or something? No, Ricky's not even on the main event when he's on his own hometown. Exactly. Hello. Look, I'm not and saying they're not good that. talent. I'm saying they're booked like they don't matter. They don't matter. I've been saying this forever, but. <laughs> But they're not booked because they like they don't matter. They don't matter because they don't matter. Because they don't matter. Yeah, no. Come on. It's Tony Khan booking. Come on now. Yeah. He's probably like, oh, Ricky Stark is great because, you know, he's friends with Bailey. That's the only reason why I have one solo one here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I swear yeah. to God, I would love to find out Tony Khan's booking a bunch of people just hoping to get Bailey eventually. Or look the under or Sasha Banks. Because that's yeah. his home. But. Also, he's like, oh, my God, Ricky trained with The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Ricky and Aaron, oh, my God, maybe they'll bring Taker. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. I would I love if that was like an actual thing. We need to bring in those two because they know The Undertaker. To be in the room, be like, what the fuck are you? What does that matter? No, that's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what? You have to like nod. And the minute he leaves the room, like, what the fuck just happened? Yes. Yeah. What the fuck yeah. is wrong with him? What is wrong with him? Is it the coach? What is it? I, but... I think we could get the Undertaker if we bring in the guy he trained with. Mm-hmm. His I mean... trainer? No, no, no. The guy who he sparred with. He didn't yeah. teach him anything. He just was the body while he... Yeah. I don't think he's got I mean, as much pull as you think. <laughs> I think he does. And then I can see it. Well, he was safe with with Sting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, took a big bump for, you know, makes Sting look good. Maybe that's why they put Ricky in there. You're good with the old man. <laughs> we need someone to face Sting. Who's the one who wrestled with The Undertaker? He can handle old man. Bring him in. Bring him in. No. no. <laughs> but no, seriously. Even Ricky, when he was in New Orleans, when they were in New Orleans and they did Dynamite, that crowd, it was great when he came out. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love Ricky. Yeah, I do too. I just, when you said it was going to be main event, I thought it was, they've not booked him like he deserves to be in the main event. It feels he a little weird. He's been in the main event a couple times. And it always felt like he didn't belong there. Not because yeah. he's not good enough, but because his story didn't get him there. It was yeah. always weird. Every time. They would always put something on before it, too, that seemed like big. And then they would put him on, and it felt like they televised the oh, wait, dark no. match afterwards. It's not that match. I'm sorry. I don't know if this will be main event. We'll probably open the show. Him and I feel like also, I feel like it, yeah. it undermines him when they do shit like that. When they put him in the main event, but they put stuff before him that feels bigger, they're undermining him and making, like, he's got to fight from underneath as far as booking goes, you know? Mm-hmm. They just all of a sudden go like, okay, well, you're main event now. And he goes, where well, is the show going to build up to me? No, no, no. It's going to build down to you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, it sucks, man. It's tough. He's in a tough spot a lot. Yeah, he always did. But now, sorry, I corrected myself. But that was a really funny little. Oh yeah. Thing that we just did, but I will say it's Jungle Boy and Ricky for the FTW title next week. That's definitely not a main event. No, I don't think it's a main event. I thought it was. <laughs> okay. 
I think I have some of Tony's magical dust. Oh. Yeah. It'll be a good match as long as one of them doesn't break their neck. Also, the FTW title still doesn't mean anything. I hope... I want Ricky to lose it because I want something to happen for Ricky. And I think him walking around with the FTW title just keeps him in this bubble of you don't matter because you're literally walking around with something that doesn't matter and his book like it doesn't matter. If he lost it, he could at least have some character building out of it. You know what I mean? Because now his character is so annoying. The only good part of it is yeah. he wears really tight pants yeah. and um, benefit. gets shirtless a lot. So, I, I, you know, I don't have a problem with it. But what I did have a problem with in that little segment, they have Ricky and Hoss and all that. Luchasaurus, how did he respond to, you know, their, you know, tag team, you know, match? What, what yeah. does that mean? Just a dry heave. You're a fake dinosaur. Yeah. Or a fake luchador. I think you're a fake luchador, but whatever. He's kind of a fake luchador that happens to be a fake dinosaur. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's kind of like doubling down on that. And when I think of how Joey Janela, who's a brilliant creative mind, who could have brought a lot of things to that company, was heaved to the side. And you have this fucking, you know, guy who can't wrestle. Really. Yeah. I don't know. Tony, I don't get it. Is it like for the children? But then again, that's not your demographic. Uh, so a couple other things that happened in there that I think are probably worth bringing up. Wardlow and, and Big Cass. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, it's funny you should say that. My the thing I thought was the most silly about it is that they were trying to pretend like they were building anticipation when they told us flat out who it was going to be last week, mm-hmm. and then this week they were trying to pretend like who's it going to be mystery and it's like there's not a doubt in anyone's fucking mind, and if you bring out the person we absolutely know it's going to be, then it's going to make this all look stupid. The only way this is this works is if he tells you something that you're positive on. And then when someone comes out, it's not that person. So the fact it was big Kaz after saying, I'm bringing in someone who's seven foot tall and you can't teach that. And then you go, Oh, it's big Kaz. And then they go mystery, mystery. Who's going to be the mystery. And then he goes out there and goes, I'm bringing out a certain somebody, somebody you may recognize. Like quit pretending. We don't know unless we don't know. Don't insult our intelligence. It's absolutely insulting to the intelligence being like, we're going to tease them and build the anticipation. But then when it's Big Kaz, you go, you're a dumbass. If they had brought out some other giant, I'd have been like, oh, shit. Crazy. I didn't see that coming. Like if they brought Shaq out. This is... So, is it just me or did MJF say that he was seven feet of sheer unadulterated power who's never taken an L in his life? Yep. Except we've seen him lose all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And I believe he was on a show. I think he was. I think MJF was on that indie show when, uh, I don't know, Cass had to be 
had some kind of seizure or something, and he had he had some substance issues that he sorted out, which is awesome. And he's mental health issues. He's talked about openly, which is also awesome. But yeah, I wouldn't consider that time in his life a big W. You know what I mean? Like he had to go through a lot of really hard failures and losses to get to where he's at now, which is a good place. But this whole presentation here was a bummer, man. Yeah, but not only that, but because of what happened at ROH, um, the the big Madison Square Garden show, the super show with, you know. um, Oh, yeah, where they came out and Mm G-Card or some shit. Yeah, and that was really insulting to everybody in that match. No one knew except the Briscoes, apparently. And you're sitting there like, God, okay, that was supposed to be Tiger Tory's last match. Well, obviously that didn't happen because it was a shit show. So I was like, well, fuck, why would you do that? That is such a bad call. Because to this day, that that show still leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah. yeah. So that was not a good move. It's true, too. I didn't even think about that part as being a problem. But, yeah, that's all there. First thing I thought was like, oh, you want to open this forbidden door? It can get slammed in your face. Yeah. Uh, literally the only other thing about the show at all that I thought was worth even talking about was the Thunder Rosa stuff. She finally was able to cut a promo and stuff. Um, my, own, my only thought on it is like, yes, it's going to be a good match. But this, again, feels like another stutter. Like, I want Thunder Rosa in a program that means something. And we've seen her in three or four matches against Serena Deeb at this point. This is a company that largely doesn't do rematches, but they book the women the same. Wait, they don't do rematches, but I've seen Shane Strickland, Steve Lee versus Hobbs and Starks. Huh? Right. But I'm saying for a company that tries to veer away from that, for them to have a new women's champion, immediately put her with Nyla Rose that we've seen, and now put her with Serena Deeb. How long out are we till Double or Nothing? Well, I thought three it was weeks, like two. Maybe? It's three weeks. Okay, I thought it was like a month or two. Three weeks. Okay. Because that's not so next bad. Week, I get the Blue Ocean Spray, and it's two weeks after that. Okay. Uh, well, good because when I said Double or Nothing, I was like, "Isn't that like two months away? Like, fuck." You're just going to have a sitting on Thunder? Uh, no. Three weeks isn't so bad. Um, I'm excited for the match because you know it's going to be a, a fucking banger. It's going to yeah. be great. But it again leaves me feeling like, when are we going to get a story for Thunder that's going to feel fresh? You know what I mean? Like, I want her as a champion to be super notable, and it feels like it's not notable yet. And I want I want that so bad. This is going to be a fantastic match. It'll probably be the match that they talked about. This might even be their women's match of the year. But I'm already anxious for what happens after this because I so desperately want to have something I can sink my teeth into in the story of Thunder Rosa. And the story of Thunder and Serena Deeb's already been told so well mm-hmm. that it just feels like we're just going to rehash this one time because we need a banger match for Double or Nothing. It doesn't feel like a story investment. But that, I'll say, with her promo about, you know, I drive eight hours to see this well, woman wrestle. Earlier. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was never brought up before. So whoever wrote this, different angle, which, mm-hmm. you know, is what it is. But yeah. I honestly, sorry, I honestly feel that um, 
We'll see. I yeah, mean, it's I gonna be great. Yeah, I just little... I want her in a story I can sink my teeth into, so I can feel like I have to watch every week mm-hmm. to catch yeah. thunder. You know what I mean? And Tony I feel like this Storm. Tony Storm I'm would be fantastic. I'm Producer Lady just said it'd be cool to have Tessa Blanchard come through, even if they brought in Tessa Blanchard just to have her in a a three month program where she loses and doesn't sign with AEW just to get mm-hmm. Thunder some sort of like yeah. this is crazy I can't believe we're doing this and gets a crazy big victory over Tessa mm-hmm. that would also be fine like yeah Taya Valkyrie Taya Valkyrie could be interesting especially with their history the the Reina whatever the hell Triple H belt. Yeah, like I'd it. like to see. I mean, even if they brought in like a Tegan or Dakota, like somebody that like, or like you said, Tony Storm. I want you know do something cool with Ruby Soho. We've fucking yeah. avoided Ruby Soho forever. Like, give me something I can sink my teeth into instead of the same old same old. And this feels like same old same old with the women's division. Doesn't feel like he's being creative with the women's division, and that's what's bothering me. You have a new woman champion who is ridiculously creative. She's running her own promotion in its entirety because of how great she is at this. Mm -hmm. And somehow you've already allowed her her title reign to feel static and rehashed. And we just got started. Like, I want this thing to rev up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I want it to feel like, holy shit, she's the champion. And now here we fucking go. Like, but it feels all like. Certain people. Say what? She only does that with certain people. I know. She should be one of those certain people. I know. But he obviously doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. yeah, like the one that is mysterious to me is Jade Cargill. Yeah, yeah, she gets more of a story to push than Thunder gets. Yep, and it bothers every me week. I'm like, what the hell? You it know? does make me nervous that Thunder's going to have a short title reign. When you see how he treats Jade, my concern is that he's going to be tired of Thunder Rosa way before her time. And end up doing something ridiculous, like put both titles on Jade. And then just have the division back underneath somebody who doesn't really know how to carry a division. Uh-oh. That's my concern, if I'm being honest. I was hoping that Thunder would be the one to take it off Jade and she has the two belts. Yes, that's exactly what should happen. But look at how they're mm-hmm. both booked. It's kind of like, I don't know. No, I don't know. But yeah. that's the magic of Tony Khan booking. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. shout out Triple A. We're having Pentagon super kick the shit out of Ty Conti. That was cool. Yeah, That's seeing Ty Conti eat that kick to the face was pretty dope. That was but then dope. Ty and Sammy Guevara both walked out with titles there. Mm-hmm. They won their mixed tag title. Oh, is that what it was? A mixed mm-hmm. tag title? That's mm-hmm. funny. Okay. Yeah. And people are like, oh, now maybe Tony will have... Nick's tag on TV. No. He's not going to do that. Yeah, I, don't. I think I mean, if he, he was going to do it, he would have already done it. I think people give Tony credit too much, or give Tony Khan too much credit for getting ready to incite a change. Tony's doing what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to answer to anybody. So I think when people go like, oh, maybe Tony will start doing this. No, he would have been doing that. No, you're one maybe. Yeah. Like you're seeing, yeah. Year one and two, you'd see a lot of changes. At this point, this is what he wants it to be. This is what it is. Like, if he wanted to do those other things, he'd be doing it. Like, it, I don't... I don't know. I don't get people's... I don't know. I don't know. A lot of things he does, I don't get it, but... Yeah. Yeah. I started calling him Carney Con in one of my chats just to bother people. <laughs> it's the best, though. 
People get so wound up over it, and it doesn't even mean anything. People, people <laughs> get so wound up about, like, if you were to even suggest that Tony Khan does coke, people get so wound up about that. That's like, true. Well, yeah. I'm like, yeah. hello? I mean, have you not seen him into some of his rants? It's like, that man's on something. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, and let's say this. Let's assume the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what? Tony Khan's definitely not doing cocaine. To, <laughs> to not understand why someone would crack a joke that he would be after seeing him talk, that's the part that makes no sense to me. It's like, look, when everyone says he's doing coke, it's because he's all wired and jittery. It doesn't you know, necessarily mean that we all truly believe he's on coke. But it also goes so far as to say, it also, if someone said it turns out he's on coke, no one's going to be like, I never would have suspected. Like, he behaves in a certain erratic way that the jokes stand fine. <laughs> they're, they're good. There's someone I want to ask. Hmm. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't, I was going to mention this during the news segment. I'll just throw it out there real quick. Uh, someone reported from an interview from Ethan Page said Ethan Page talks about the importance of his wife his wife has had on his wrestling career and I posted a thing into a chat that said damn dude blaming his wife for this is pretty fucked up <laughs> look at Ethan Page's career right now and tell me that you want credit for that <laughs> no the biggest mistake Tony Khan did was not signing Josh Alexander and bringing the North to well, one of many mistakes. I even think one of his big mistakes is just putting Ethan Page with Dan Lambert. Let Ethan Page do his own thing. He's good enough at talking fine. and wrestling. He doesn't need that shit. Scorpio bothers me because that guy's got it. Yes. And he should be a man carrying the division. Yes. Okay. Let, or just send him the ring of honor, but you're going to send Lethal, who's yeah. been there, done that, you know? So I say, have Scorp do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Again, I don't own that company and I don't do, I don't book things. I have no association with them. But they have stolen a couple of random ideas I have. Well, it's good. They should be stealing stuff. Um, (coughs) No. No. Was there. (laughs) All I'm looking for is give me a front row ticket. I'll pay for it Mm. myself. I don't have to be hard, Kim. I want to be in the front row. But if you want to put me on hard cam, I I bring it. Yeah. What's the phrase? Oh God, I can't remember because people were talking shit about it. Like, oh, that's horrible, horrible phrase. Um, I have to find out the number. Was there anything else on any of the AEW stuff you thought was worth digging into? Nope. Yeah. No. I hope there's something next week that makes me dive in. I'll tell you, also, here's the other problem with having letting me know that we're getting Serena Deeb and Thunder in three weeks. I don't really have to pay attention to Thunder Rosa for three weeks. Yeah, but it also makes you like, oh, God, now i got to pay for this shit? Well, there's that. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to pay for it, but I think that, I, I mean, I when you tell me, like, it, when you tell me that, hey, we're getting Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb in three weeks, it tells me, A, there's nothing you're going to change between then and now that's going to make me want to see that match more than I want to see it now because I think the match will be amazing. We already know they're amazing. We've seen them do it. There's not a lot of room for build there. We already know Serena Deeb's a bad guy. Thunder Rose is a good guy. 
what are you going to do that's going to make any impact there, right? So it, it makes Cinderella feel a little less must-see than she deserves to be. She should be the must-see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just told me three weeks of program is going to be that. Mm-hmm. It also tells me that since they already announced the match is on for double or nothing, we might not get much Thunderosa for three weeks. Because I might go, well, that match is already together. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if they had had her saying, I want someone to prove themselves or, you know, number one contender this or that, or even, what if, like, what if it was different? Instead of Thunderosa saying, I want the number one contender, what if Thunderosa says, uh, I don't want the number one contender. I've already faced and beaten the number one contender. And then you have the number one contender and come out and contest that. And you have Thunder, you know what I mean? Like, have it be a back and forth for a couple of weeks. Are we going to get Serena versus Thunder? But instead, it's yeah. like, I want Serena. Serena goes, yep, it's good by me. And then immediately, Graffa goes up, see you in three weeks. And you go, okay, well, what's going to be? What am I going to get for three well, weeks? Why is that the only division that the rankings obviously mean something? I don't think that it's true. I think that Serena was placed number one when Thunder Rosa got the title. Because that's where they were going. And I think it's just the way that they're using that story. For, for weeks and weeks. Because that was what they were doing. Is they were putting her to number one so they could do this match double or nothing. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I mean, it's, And it was the reason that the ranking matters for Thunder and women and no other division. is because they didn't want to bother putting together the time to make a story. They only use the rankings when they don't have a story. Then the story becomes the rankings. Mm-hmm. It's their fallback. When they're not investing any time into it. And that's what sucks is Thunder deserves better than that. And she is better than that. And they're going to put on a match that people are going to be talking about for a really long time. Yeah. And Tony Khan's going to pat himself on the back for putting it together. And he's going to demand people say thank you when he pays the bill. Mm-hmm. That's what sucks is that the credit's going to go the wrong direction. Belts and stuff. They're going to take it off of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Give it to Strickland yeah. Hogg. But you yeah. know what's going to happen? You're going to see Strickland and Keith Lee take it from them right away. That's going to be funny. It's going to be funny because it's going to be so weird and pointless. My thing is this. I told someone of that duo, there's a reason why you should not go to AEW. Shit like this, the exact reason why. I called it. Yep. yep. I'm sorry, I'm Nostradamus of yep. independent wrestling. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. That's how um, we do it. You ready to talk NXT? Bye. NXT. 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 That crowd's awful. That crowd is fucking trash. Every week. Annoys me. And the thing is, what sucks is even when they get it right, you just can't care because they fuck around so much. Mm -hmm. I saw people online trying to figure out, like, why are people booing Cameron Grimes? Why are people booing on Corey Jade? The crowd's turning on them. I was like, the crowd's not turning on them. NXT's acting like idiots. That's what they do. I'm sure that their merch stuff is up. I'm sure people are liking them at home more than ever. And then the crowd's trying to go against the grain because they go oh that's your champ oh that's who you think we're gonna like yeah because people like them oh not me then oh you're that fucking hip but I don't know what annoys me more what annoys me more that crowd or that stupid Indy Hartwell Dexter Persia Parada crap dude and the crowd loved that shit 
the Dexter indie stuff. The crowd ate it up and was going ballistic for it. And I was like, they're not, they, this is terrible. And they, they're they the type of crowd that likes things that they think that Vince doesn't have a hand in and wouldn't like. That's Vince stuff right there. Well, yeah, I guess kind of. But it did open up. NXT opened up with the triple threat for the North American title. We had uh, Carmelo Hayes, Cameron Grimes, and Solo Sokoa. This triple threat was fucking badass. I liked, as much as we just talked shit on the NXT crowd, I did enjoy hearing Solo Sokoa get so many chants and cheers during this. I did feel that's got to feel good for him. Finally. Um, Yeah. But... I thought it was awesome, and I thought I didn't even realize it until I was like watching it that you have three really distinctly different styles, right? Carmelo is super fast paced, high flying. Cameron Grimes is actually really technical and strike heavy, uh, yeah. and Solo Sokoa is super powerful and strike heavy. Like they, it was a really cool mesh of three completely different styles, and it worked really well. There was only a few hiccups here and there of some slight missed times, but. It was easy to get lost in, and it was amazing. And that false finish where Solo splashes onto Cameron Grimes, so close on the count, too, that the crowd started chanting that was three because they also so desperately wanted Solo to be the winner, which was cool because I was like, fuck, yeah, I could see. The crowd is ready and anxious for uh, Solo to win some gold, bottom line. They and, want that bloodline shit. Yeah. Which I know um, some people think that, or someone I know, thinks that it's going to be The Rock versus Roman in L.A. Yeah. Right? Not a lot of people I, think I know think that. And it's so, going to break up the, the bloodline. So, who knows? You think that that will or won't break up the bloodline? Will. Yeah. Well, that's the story, right? The story is that this is how you would tell it. This is what I think you would do if you're trying to book Roman versus versus Rock. Mm -hmm. You'd have Rock come in Mm -hmm. and say, you're not the tribal chief. You're not the great one. You're not the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. You're not the most electrifying man in the entire entertainment world. You don't bring it. You utilize... My little protégés, the Usos, if he wants to call them that. You have Ro- The Rock make the Usos choose and the Usos side with The Rock. And now you have Roman who's trying to get his bloodline back because they've turned their back on him. And then now you have Rock and Roman. Solo can be a pawn in that somewhere, maybe siding with Roman, maybe siding with The Rock. But you have The Rock come in, talk shit on Roman, and take control of the bloodline. You could even do it. Where he doesn't make him side, The Rock just shows up and just starts taking Alpha on it. Just starts Alpha Dog and Roman, and you have Roman becoming more and more sheepish. While the while the Usos are kind of like, yeah, this is great. The Rock is back, and the Romans kind of like becoming almost almost the underdog in it. Of like, you're taking away everything that I did, and what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which I wouldn't have to split it. Mm-hmm. It could just switch the dynamic of it mm-hmm. and implode or yep all of a sudden next thing you know you have every little Samoan wrestler 
or someone who's from an island. Yeah. There and you know, that'd yeah. be funny. I'd think it's funny, but. Man, how much would you love just to see a photograph of the Usos, Roman, Rock, and Solo all in one ring? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Be so That's some powerful cool. shit. And I would see, because the Wild Samoans came back for Roman Hell in the Cell with Jey Uso. I could see the Wild Samoans coming back for a spot like that, too. Rikishi. Rikishi. Like, this could be cool, man. We could do some cool yeah. shit with the whole fucking bloodline. But yeah, do I digress. Shit. That's a Wednesday show thing. But I will say this. It's kind of a Thursday thing just because it's all solo. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be fantastic if that's Yes. Different. Yes. And that's what I was going to say is that as much as I see Solo online saying his goal is NXT gold and he wants the North American title, he wants the NXT title, I keep thinking, yeah, that's all well and good. But my problem is Solo keeps losing on NXT TV. But there's no denying him. And there's no denying his absolute talent for this. It's like literally in his blood and it comes off that way. This is the family business. Yeah. My only thought is he's strengthening those around him. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, I think that his goals, I mean, I don't know the, the guy like that. Yeah. Your goals are your goals. If it's me booking, I'm thinking, all right. How soon do we wrap this up with Solo and NXT and just get him onto the main roster? Because I'd like yeah. to see him go take the U.S. title or the Intercontinental yeah. title. You know what I mean? And be wandering around with the bloodline with the IC title while the Usos got the gold and while Roman's got the gold. And now you got the bloodline fucking running the whole the whole gauntlet. That's what I'm thinking it'll build up to to WrestleMania next year. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of watch this shit kind of. Yeah. When it goes to that product, because I only, as you know, I only been watching like the pay per views. Yeah, exactly. If I do. Hmm. Depends on the card, but yeah. Yeah. Um, for the most part, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Otherwise, outside of the bloodline tangent, these guys are all so fucking good, man. Oh yeah. Like, Cameron Grimes, is a fucking rock star. I've always knew done that anyway, but damn, I mean, this was like almost, this was textbook of how you have a match with three people with three different styles, and yes. it looks, it's entertaining, and it's good, good wrestling. Yes. I mean, if you're watching it because you're, I don't know, you want to see flippy shit or whatever, you know, a little bit in there, but you know, yeah. that that's not why. But if you want it, if you're in it and watching it for good wrestling. That's like one of the like textbook examples right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And, like, and Cameron's in the best shape of his life right now. Oh yeah. I, he I put on this. good size. Oh, he's got good size. There's tone and definition. I will say this because I've seen him many a time, and he's always has a little gut, you know, whatever. Yeah. Didn't, you know, whatever. But now I'm like, that's a different dude. Mm-hmm. And also, it says something for this guy because he's normally a hairy person to shave his chest and all that. And yeah, yeah, get away from that caveman shit he did. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's stepping it up. He's invested. He's in it. Oh, he's way invested, man. Like, and I will say that when he won the championship, and you know that for him, you know, that's all that's all real shit because his mm-hmm. dad 
you know, was one that got him in, you know, into this. And, um, you know, unfortunately he lost him, you know, you know, unfortunately. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of touching. Now I thought that was really touching too, that the Hardys reached out to him too, because that's who trained him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm? I didn't realize they reached out to him. How did you find that out? Uh, I saw it on Twitter somewhere. All right. Well, like Twitter is like a great news source. I mean, it's best news comes from Twitter. Yeah. Oh yeah, this rags. Oh my god. Yeah, no. I've called out stuff that is more true. So I think that us we're we're verified journalists because we've got it right a couple of times. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go back to episode one. Yep. Oh. Speaking of that match, for me, I don't know about you, but Carmelo, that whole match, and even when he came out, it oozes to me Ricky Starks. Mm. Do you think there's a little bit of influence coming there? Or Do they know each other? Smoking crack. Yo, I just I'm getting I have a good picture of Carmelo's gear. He had razor blades on his knee. Yeah. Do you think he had a closeness with Scott Hall? I don't know about. Or do you think it was just a little tribute? I think it was a little tribute. Yeah. That's been a while though. Because at first I thought his gear was triple uh, was a HBK inspired. It reminded me of the the black and turquoise gear that HBK had. I think it was like in SummerSlam or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I guess that's cool. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know if I see it as Ricky Starks because Ricky Starks more pouty. It's brat. But he's but brat. But no, I'm yeah. talking about the moves, and it's really like very styled. They're both, you know, very good talkers in the mic. Mm. I think after seeing Frick wrestle, I'm like, dude, you need to go away from from Carmelo. I love Carmelo. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. He's, Frick's got it. That's, That's true, me. too. I could also see... I mean, even if they don't split up, they need to start giving Trick more matches. Mm-hmm. like Because it could be like a, how DX was. Where yeah. Sean and HBK were together, but they were constantly having singles matches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they were a unit, but they weren't a tag team. And you could definitely do that with Trick and Carmelo. Mm -hmm. But you're not having Carmelo, or you're not having Trick wrestle almost at all, so you feel like he's just the hype man. And then when he came out and wrestled, it was awesome. But, yeah, as far as that goes, like, I think Carmelo's awesome. Uh, I don't know that I see Ricky. I I mean, I also wonder if you're seeing a lot of Ricky in the Carmelo thing. Maybe that was WWE's answer to. Oh wait, this is. I think so. That's why I'm this thinking, other way. That's what I'm thinking. Is like they wanted him, and like, but y'all turned him down like four times. Yeah. You know, and yeah, he's the pouty version of Carmelo, but it's the whole the style and the swag. Yeah. And then, that's true. I think I was really kind of looking at it today with the entrance, and I was like. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and some of the moves, there's a lot of same yeah. fluidity and that kind of stuff. So I was like, oh. Hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Uh, could be. Could be. Uh, Mandy Rose in the tanning salon. Wendy Chu sneaks in, ups the the heat on the tanning salon, thus burning Mandy Rose. Uh, oh. Hmm. We'll put a pause on that for right now, and then we'll talk about the second half of it when we get to the second half of it. 
Uh, we did have uh, the Diamond Mine video. We did forget about that when we talked about the releases earlier. Malcolm Bivens was part of that as well. Yep. However, the rumor was that Malcolm Bivens did not re-sign their contract. And supposedly Dakota may also have just declined a new contract. I don't know about any of that. That's not really what I do. It's not what I know. It's just what I read, and it could all mean nothing. And I feel like half the time we even see the stuff that's verified is wrong. But if true, then you can't be too mad when people get the thing that they were looking for if that is that split. Uh, I will say, because we forgot to bring it up about Dakota earlier, I've been saying for a long time that I see her as like a Dolph Ziggler of women's division where she's just so fantastic, can make anyone look like a million bucks, and has longevity in that. But on the flip side, what if she didn't want to be Dolph Ziggler? What if she was like, no, 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 I want to be HBK? You know what I mean? Like, Then what if she didn't want to stick around because she also saw her future being a Dolph Ziggler-like future and not what she wanted? I hope she gets what she wants, whether she requested it or otherwise. I hope she gets exactly what she wants. What do you think about Malcolm Bivens, though? Because he was an interesting one to me that he's a theater guy who got involved in wrestling. He was brought in as a manager, did managing for a number of of talent, and then decided not to re-sign when they offered it to him. Do you think they were going to do a ton more for him, or do you think that he is cut and bait at the right time? And also, do you think there's even an atmosphere out there that lays a, a good ground for him to go out and do managing on a higher level. Well, he did some stand up, but so does Dolph. No, I think that he, um, he's had any, even in his indie career as manager, he's had some pretty prolific people oh, yeah? that are hot right now. Obviously the most notable is MJF. Mm. Um, which he's like, no, he didn't do that. I go, yeah, Stokely Hathaway. Hello, did you not watch Evolve? Yeah. But um, I just thought of something, but I'll go back to that later. Um, hit me in the head. But I think that with him, it was, what else are they going to do with him? Okay, you have this mm. crappy faction that already you had people were gone. You got rid of them. Yep. You know, because of cuts or whatever. And then the main leader of this faction has been wanting out for the longest time. Yeah. And they won't let him out. So, what does that say? To me, it says, yeah, he's jumping off the Titanic before they hit the iceberg. Because he knows how this shit's going to end. Wow, I made a Titanic reference with wrestling. Well, yeah, Titanic makes sense. Yeah. Or, you know, if you go on a cruise ship and a side adventure happens, we all know that the only way out is going through the bottom. But someone who thinks that, oh, we can go out the way we, you know, we normally were, no. You're going to die. Because why? There's nowhere to breathe. There's no air. There's no magical yeah. mercies. They're going to give you air. You're dead. Yeah. You're fish. Sorry. I mean, I I thought he was pretty good, but at the same time, I agree. I just don't know where the where the ceiling is for for managers. I also understand like 
right now we're starting to see little hints that LA Knight might be in a management style role mm-hmm. on SmackDown. Yeah. I could see a frustration from Malcolm Bivens standpoint too, where he's been in NXT this whole time as a manager mm-hmm. and now LA Knight is getting what appears to be a call up in that manager role. That's going to mm-hmm. be a little more fluid. I imagine, I mean, it's fucking LA Knight. He's not going to talk him like you think for a second he won't talk himself into a match. He's going to it's going to be great. He'll be able yeah, to bring up a crew, talk himself into a fight. He'll be in the ring. He'll be like he'll do it all. The whole I've never seen Malcolm Bivens have the whole crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. I've never mm. seen that. So when you have an LA Knight who yeah, it took a little bit for people to get it. Yeah, but they're assholes down there at NXT, so you know those fans. So, whatever. But when they got it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I even yeah. say to, you know, think about it is I because I don't watch, I don't watch the other stuff as we know, but I'm curious. Does he have that command of people at SmackDown? The crowd. Mm. Or is it getting there? Yeah, I mean, that's true. Mm-hmm. But if I hope he also, I don't know what his big plans are. The only thing I've seen him announce is a stand-up show. Uh, cool. But yeah, I mean, hope he gets what he wants to, whatever that is. And it's also one of those things where when someone gets the release that they want, it's hard to say that anybody did anything wrong there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but that does bring me to the fact that there was a diamond mine promo that felt like it was missing Malcolm. It really did. Yeah, it did. Sorry, but Roddy is not the best, best talker. Yeah. I love, I love Roger strong, but damn, sometimes I'm like Roddy. That's not yeah. your strong. Yeah. Diamond mine feels, it does feel like diamond mine is snake bit. For sure. Yeah. And I feel like he's probably, as he's seen, you know, the rest of Undisputed Era basically go over somewhere else and all of that. That, yeah, I would want to get out too. I want to go be with my friends over there. Mm, yeah, you know? it could be. Uh, what do you think? Wife is, or I don't know if they're married, but maybe Mama wrestles for them. That's yeah. another person I want to see wrestle Thunder Rosa. Marina, yeah. Marina. That could be great. That could be really good. Yeah. She got fucked, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of the their response to the Dexter Loomis thing with Indy looking at her ring and Duke Hudson trying to kiss her? Like, that. so that's how you're going to explain that? I was like, uh, I guess so. But I was just like, really? I, yeah. I laughed not because it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Why did you laugh then if it wasn't funny? Some sometimes stuff is like, you like you know how sometimes you laugh because someone falls and hurt themselves, and it's not like funny that someone hurt themselves, but you're laughing at someone else's misfortune. I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's not funny that they fell. It's funny that they're going through misfortune. Like that's how I laugh at Indy at this point. Aww. I'm laughing at her like she keeps falling. I laughed at her because that's just... not her fault, I think. I have no idea. The thing is, is like I don't think it's Indy's fault. I think that that there is a 
Here's the here's where I get confused. Here's where the d- disconnect is for me. The amount of people who come out of NXT who said, "Oh, there was a lot of creative freedom there. We were able to bring a lot of ideas to the table." Oh, yeah. So part of me goes, "Well, the talent has a say." Yeah. But at the same time, Indy Hartwell came in really young, really fresh, didn't know what was, you know, what do they say, like a head from a bump in the ground? Like she was learning oh. everything as she went and got immediately paired up with Johnny Gargano, who could yeah. do whatever he wanted and decided what he wanted to do was teach people the worst versions of comedy and how to largely be not entertaining or useful and how to over-choreograph over your stuff and was getting patted on the back from it. So I think that she is the result of Johnny Gargano tutelage. I don't know how much of this Dexter indie stuff she's got say in, but I think that she's leaning into it because of all the Johnny stuff. Yeah. I blame Johnny for Indy's misfortune. I blame Johnny for a lot of things. I just hope Johnny's not the Joker. I still have a lot left. That's dry. Yeah. Fuck. Anyways. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I find it funny you laughed at her misfortune. Yes. That's hilarious. I laughed because I thought it was a really shitty way to address that. Yeah, right. I've done something, you know, a little bit more creative. Yeah, yeah. But moving on, Grayson Waller versus Nathan Frazier. This is the debut of Nathan Frazier on NXT. We've seen him in NXT UK. He uh, was, they really put over strong. He was trained by Seth Rollins. So much so that the finish of the match was, uh, what was the name of it again? Let me pull it up. I had it. The Phoenix Splash is what they call it. That was the move that Seth Rollins did a lot and hasn't done it as much lately. Nathan Mm -hmm. picked it up as his finisher, won the match. What did you think of the match? You know, um, I was actually, because not as a loyal watcher of NXT UK, mm-hmm. I was very curious about him, especially because I knew, okay, yeah, he yep. was trained by Seth Rollins. And I don't think I can name anybody off the top of my head who's had, who he's trained that have, I don't know, I don't want to say done anything, but, you know, had some kind of big exposure, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, where there's other wrestlers who have training schools like a um, Brian Kendrick, mm. A.R. Fox, people like that, yeah. that you're like, whoa, you know? I mean, this is this is some cool stuff. I mean, because look, even Pat Buck and mm-hmm. WrestlePro, I mean, look what, who's come through there. You know, Brian yeah. Myers, when he was doing Creative Pro. Creative Pro, yeah. I mean... It's just phenomenal. I mean, you're looking at it like, okay, this is kind of cool. So I was really impressed in the fact that I'm like, whoa, this guy's pretty good. And because I didn't give the, I thought that the vignette they did for him was kind of funky. I didn't enjoy it. I'm like, why would I want to watch this dude? Yeah. Be like the freaking tag team champs that I I don't even know. I can't stand them. It's obnoxious. Oh, yeah. Open up with the pretty deadly thing, which. Yeah, that's awful. If I could just say this about the Pretty Deadly thing. Oh, please. They are still being incredibly vague. Here's I even wrote this down as part of my notes. I uh, uh, I still feel like their entire gimmick is innuendo 
and I'm unsure of what they're going for. If you're trying to be a positive representation, then don't beat around the bush about it. Be it and own it. Otherwise, it's hard to discern if it's mocking a marginalized group or not. I just can't tell what they're doing. I can't tell if they're being a mockery or if they're trying to be representation of. But them beating around the bush and being so vague just leaves me wondering what the fuck are they doing. I, I, I can't tell if you're making fun of people or not. And we felt I think the same way in NXT UK. True. In NXT UK, we felt the same exact way. They've changed almost nothing about yeah. the presentation nope. from coming from the UK to here. And I just want them to fucking say what they're doing. Yeah. If you're yeah. representing a group that you feel is marginalized, cool. great. I can lean into that. If you're doing that as a heel thing, then okay, I can boo because you're doing this thing. Yeah. If you're yeah. doing it as a babyface thing because you're trying to be a good representation of... Yep. I mean, like, look at Joe Gacy. It's easy to boo him... As he's doing a character that's representing people that feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. You look at other people who are, are symbols of their marginalized group and you can cheer them because they are representation on screen. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. Yep. I can't tell if I'm supposed to boo you or cheer you if you're trying to be a mockery or a celebration. And to be honest, you're not so goddamn good that you're worth the struggle of figuring it out. You need to tell me. You're confusing you know? me. I think it's a mockery, but I also kind of feel like you have these titles. It's just there because I don't think that there's anybody that, you know, like, who would you give it to? Mm. Do you give it to Legato again? Well, yeah. But those guys are preparing to get out of there. Yeah. Um, I can see it. They just have. I think they're waiting for uh, for what's her face. Hmm. Yeah, Electra or whatever. Fuck. Anyways, but no. I mean, I, it's weird. It's like they're just like for me. They're like a paper jam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. there until they get somebody who's good. Not saying the Diamond Mind would be what you know would be a good replacement, but that's gonna get repackaged. So, yeah. 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 And why do that? Give up, you know, put belts on something that's going to get repackaged. Waste yeah. of time. So. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. But moving back to Grayson and Nathan Frazier, <laughs> these two dudes were fucking awesome in there. Yeah. Not surprised. They were insanely smooth and athletic. These guys make yeah. it look so damn natural, but also believable. Yeah. It doesn't look overly choreographed and trying too hard to get to the point A to point B. It was so it was it was like watching like Ricochet and AJ. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean the level of talent right there was just like to me I'm like, oh, they still have they still have it there. But -hmm. you don't need a name that everybody knows or thinks they know because they went into their local VFW hall. But you know, I, I was very impressed with that. Because yeah. I know I kind of try to think of myself as a connoisseur of what I think good wrestling is. People mm-hmm. don't agree with me, but I mean, I just was like, wow. Because I'm at the point now, because I've seen so much, that you got to do something pretty fucking damn spectacular. And I'm not saying like flippy shit or, you know, jumping off a 90 foot ladder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're having these kind of matches that are fluid and solid and making it real 
God forbid I say that about wrestling. It makes it more entertaining for me. It makes me want to watch because I don't think other than probably the Cameron Grimes match this week was had that feeling to it too, but not as much as this match. Mm-hmm. So it was a pleasant surprise. I felt like this whole episode was surprisingly good. I'll be honest with you. I put off watching it till today because I was doing other stuff and just seeing the card. I was like, okay, it's gonna be it's gonna be decent matches, but you know, it's gonna be what it is. As I was watching it, I was like, holy shit! Like I should have watched this live. This is awesome. Yeah, when you were telling me that, oh yeah, it was really yeah, good. Surprise. I'm like, what? Because we had been, I know, lack of a better term, we've been shitting on it lately. Like 2.0 has yeah. been really shitty. But, it's been real static, if nothing else. It just feels like, yeah. okay, it's another NXT show. This one felt different. It felt bigger. Yeah. It felt better. It felt like I think they know what the vision is and where they're going. There's yeah. just a couple of bumps in the road. But other than that. Yeah. What were you going to say? What do you attribute that to? I don't know. If I knew, it's because of well, Natty. Well, <laughs> Natty made, made the whole show better. Natty's Top to like, bottom. I'm here, bitches. Yeah. No, I think, <laughs> I, think week, I think this week too. Get in, bitches. We're gonna go have an A show. I am not coming here with my name being disgraced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. Um, I think part of it's because they're not doing that stupid bullshit with Indy and all of them. Well, it didn't bring it down that stuff. So yeah, yeah. And they spent a lot of time on that. Yeah, a lot of time. Uh, I do have a question for you here. The sit-down between Santos, Escobar, and Tony D. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it? Well, I kind of don't like the Tony D character. I don't know why. There's something about him that I just am like, mm. I'm back and forth with Tony D'Angelo all the time. I'll be honest. Some weeks I'm all like, you know what? I'm into it. Pretty cool. And then other weeks I'm all like, this is trash. Get rid of it. It's goofy. Stop yeah, it. Totally and then the next I'm, week, I'm all like, I don't know. It's pretty fucking cool. He's good at this. Hmm. Then the week after that, I'm all like, no, nah, it's fucking cartoonish. Stop it. Like, I can't put my finger on the Tony D'Angelo character and my feelings towards it. Is he being inconsistent? Maybe he's being inconsistent. This particular sit-down, I felt like Escobar was... carried it. You saw what? I think Escobar carried the whole thing. Escobar did a lot here. I thought there was a ton of character work between both of them. I also felt like we had a more subtle Tony D'Angelo. We've had an over-the-top Tony D'Angelo a lot of times. That's not to say his accent wasn't thick and he wasn't putting on the Don stuff. But there were, he was a lot more quiet and subdued and did a lot more facial expressions. Like, it was a more subtle character. I did feel like it was pretty long. And I also felt like after a while that it felt like a segment straight out of Lucha Underground. Not from, not from the Lucha, not from like saying Lucha because of Santos and the Spanish thing, but strictly from the hyper-produced television soap opera style shot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just out of place. Dario Cueto. Yeah, it was Dario Cueto all over it. Yeah. And And producer just asked me if I thought that it was bad and i don't think it was bad i think it did a tremendous job doing it but something about it felt to me a little out of place because nothing else was shot that way Uh, no okay you know what i mean where with lucha underground the whole show was that way 
and they would break from that segment to a dramatic wrestling match and then to another backstage that segment one. that was shot the same way. Yeah. This is a bubble. Okay. It's a bubble, dog. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God, stop. No, nothing. You're going to tell me that I'm wrong? All right. You did as much as you could. I bored that margarita. I have to have more of the margarita. She's told me I have to. You don't have to. I thought we were going to save this for more than one night. She's telling me I have to drink half this goddamn bottle tonight. Feliz de Mayo. Ole. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. I don't know if that was more insulting or teriyaki. Teriyaki. Which one's worse? Yeah. In fairness, I'm half Mexican. I'm like full. In fairness, I'm I'm yellow as it gets. And I have karaoke to me too, by the way. Look, I think it's safe to say we're all marginalized here. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Don't use the word oriental, and then I won't flip my gorge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like being a rug or ramen. Thank you very much. I swear, uh, I, I don't think I've ever showed you it, but Marsha meant to show you a producer lady a birth certificate because it does say I'm Oriental. It says it on it? Wow. Yeah. When do you think they changed that? Like, when do you think that started changing? It's got to have changed by now, system, systemically, right? No, it's definitely changed by now. Yeah. Because um, I think, let me ask my mom. Hey, mom, do you remember Barry? Um, Andrew, I know, says Oriental. But do you remember Barry's birth certificate? And, okay, she's shaking. Okay. No. Yeah, because he was seventy. Maybe, maybe we'll take a look at it so we don't give away anybody's ages here. But that is interesting to know that for a while, like she says, her birth certificate says Oriental on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's all like, "Well, I'm old and tired. I don't, I don't care. I love it when people. <laughs> I love it when people are like, oh my god, you're in your like early mid thirties. I'm like, oh thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. What? Hey, I uh, can do that. I have a yellow card. I can do that. That's a good point. Uh, but so back to Tony D. Santos. Yeah. Do you, did 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 it give you that same kind of lucha underground feeling? Mm-hmm. For for better or I for have worse? Double tape. I think for better. Okay. Because sometimes the vignettes have been hit and miss with two point Most of the time, miss. And for me to, because I was, I won't lie, I was working and had it on um, the little screen, you know, Mm -hmm. in the corner. I had to, like, keep looking up, like, am I, what, did I change the wrong thing off of Peacock and I'm watching Lucha Underground? Because it just felt like that. And I looked, I'm like, no, this is this. And I was like, hmm. It really got my attention, but I really think that Escobar kind of carried the whole thing. Not to I, say that Tony D'Angelo, you know. Santos definitely it, shined. There was a while where I was like, I'm not feeling it. I think it was when a bit Tony heavy up top. Mm-hmm. It's not to say Tony D'Angelo's not good at this, because I think he is good at this. But yeah. I agree with you that I think there was a certain part of what Escobar was doing that almost grounded the whole segment. He always mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he made this segment work where it could have fallen apart and felt like some weird overproduced soap opera. He's a pro. Santos was all like, no, I'm going to make this 
fucking lucha underground levels of production like this is going to like i'm going to bring a sense of reality to this hyper unrealistic scenario we have here and that goes back mm-hmm. sorry for this go ahead that goes back to him thinking of nxt as a challenge he wants to make himself better yes i would suggest anyone who can find it pro wrestling for life interview between santos and x-pac he really digs into what he's doing there, why he's doing it, what he's trying to get out of it, and and how at like twenty years in, he feels like he's starting over brand new, in a lot of ways. Like he's not walking in there feeling like I'm a veteran, I know how to do all this. He's walking in there like, here's a whole world of things that I'm new to, and I can learn a lot, and I can take everything as a challenge and be the best and. The, the the fact that Santos is not on the main roster with gold of some kind to me is such a strange thing. Not that I think every character and every good wrestler needs to have a belt or a title or a championship to validate them. He's just so good. And he can carry that flag so well. I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and I didn't realize until you just said it. I obviously knew he had a he had a career before, but I didn't know he was like 20. He's been like over 20 years in. It's definitely over 10. I think it was like 16, 13 That's to 16. Like some of these guys, these ROH guys. Yeah. And they and walked the in there going like, trust me. Santos is walking in there going like, teach me. There's a difference. Yeah. And I think that he's also probably, this is what they were hoping Andrade would kind of be. I think it's what they've been looking for for a very long time. I wouldn't isolate that to Andrade. I would say Alberto Del Rio isn't what they thought they were going to get. No, I don't think so with him. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think that you can see a long line of uh, Mexican-born talent come in and be pushed to certain degrees and never quite be what you think that they wanted him to be. And to me, Santos is all of those things. I can't understand why Vince doesn't see him and go, that's my guy. Maybe he wants to be there, though, for that creative freedom. No fucking way. You don't think so? No. Santos is not a small beans kind of a guy. He wants to be on the big show. I don't think that Santos goes to NXT and goes, I'm just going to master NXT and lay low. No, but I think he's mastering what he has right now. I'm not saying that's... Yeah, he's mastering what he has right now because that's what's in front of him. Right. But I think if they called him today and said, we want you on Raw tomorrow. Ready. Yeah, go. Like LA Knight, ready. Yeah. yeah. All right. But also, sorry. go ahead. Remember, Alberto Del Rio, I always thought was, it was kind of comedy. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. came out in all these stupid rental cars, yeah. you know, and having... Um, I call him Tattoo. Tattoo coming over and announced for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's kind of a mockery of it. And with, without trying to, um, like, insinuate anything like a token or without trying to be comparative, I'm not. But I think that Santos is the, the closest bridge that I think WWE's ever had under their um, – umbrella outside of Rey Mysterio since Eddie Guerrero. I think that Santos is nothing like Eddie Guerrero, Mm -hmm. but I think that his representation, the hole that's missing in the representation that Eddie Guerrero left 
that could be filled by a guy like Santos. Not that he would replace Eddie or he's like Eddie in any way, but I'm saying that the level of charisma and ability that that Eddie had, I think those are the things that I see in Santos is that level of charisma and ability to be mm-hmm. that bridge and that representation to that fan base that wants okay. it. Because there's a massive fan base in Mexico that's not getting the representation that they want by just having Rey Mysterio and his son alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, producer had something she wanted to say. She told me not to mic her today, and here we are. I love his representation. Like I, I love his representation. It always just makes me feel really proud. Like he's not doing it as a mockery, and he's not doing it because he feels like he has to. It's not know, a token. It, it feel yeah. It doesn't feel like a tokenized method. It just feels like he's being true and authentic, and it's just really cool. It doesn't feel forced. Yeah. It feels like, yep, this is this is our culture, and it's just cool. It's really yeah. cool to see. Where there was um, there was a bit of like the lucha house party that felt forced. You know what I mean? Re- literally running out there with pinatas and candy felt like a forced thing. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Santos goes out there in full uh, um, mariachi gear, and it doesn't feel forced. It feels like something he's doing to celebrate. You know what yeah. I mean? There's like Thunder Rosa. Kind of. Like Thunder Rosa. She's celebrating. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing. I think that whole faction, the way yeah. it's put together, I mean, that's really kind of, I think, what you know, people down south really, you know, south of the border, they want mm-hmm. to see that because it's not there. And they yep. know how good a lot of, um, because, you know, I mean, all those luchadors and everything. And, you know, it's like, I know you get some representation. I think Ring of Honor was like Ring of Mexico before they expanded. But, you know, I really think that that this is, this is the answer. When they'll move it up to the main roster, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think the smart move would be doing it before... WrestleMania. Yeah. Because of the oh, Latino sure. community in LA. Yep. Yeah. East LA will be like on fire. Yep. Everyone, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm coming out in low right. I mean, that'd be funny, but no. And actually film a vignette at the temple. Because that's not that far away. That'd be cool. But I think. Um, all right, let's move it along. It's funny because today I was like, why well, didn't even watch AEW? There's no way we're going long today. I'm wrong. You and I just talk too much. We have too much of a good time. We're just here with our drinking buddies, hanging out. It's a good time. Uh, The next thing I want to go through, I'm going to cut through a couple things, like some of the promo segments you don't got to go in through directly, but uh, Nikita Lyons and Cora Jade versus Natalia and Last Legend. What do you think of this match? Well, Last Legend was really sloppy. You think? I thought. The chemistry with Natty really wasn't there. Mm. And that's hard because Natty's someone that makes people look really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she really could save that, to be honest with you. But everybody else, I mean, if it was just a three-way, that'd been fine. Just get rid of Lash Legend. Now I'm happy about that. Well, Lash was right. on, on Natty's tag team. They didn't have to face each other. Like No, but even then, you know, covering up for some her boo-boos. Mm. Only cover for someone so much when you're in a tag team. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's I did I think thought. so. I was unsure if I was being a little bit biased because I felt like that everyone did pretty well here. 
And I think it's because they were all in there with Natty, and I felt like it was a master class of how do you do TV wrestling, and Natty's like, everyone listen to me. Like, she's running the whole thing. I did feel like there was a lot of miscommunication between her and Lash, but I also feel like I don't I don't know how any of this stuff works. We're not going to pretend we're experts. But I've also heard in interviews that it's been a long time since people call stuff in the ring, that most matches are determined how it's going to go beforehand. And I saw Natty talking kind of a lot. I don't know if Natty was just trying to keep everyone to breast or if she was calling stuff in the ring, and I don't know if that flustered some people. Because Natty's also old school as fuck. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I could see her being like, we're changing this thing up, and then being like, you don't change things up. What do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. overall, all three of these women with Natalia is fucking phenomenal for them to be able to get that yeah. that lesson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but, I mean, that's if there was any woman that's currently on the roster, because I don't think that, I mean, as great as, like, Becky, Bailey, Sasha, you know, a lot of these gals are, you know, Natty brings so much to the table. Mm-hmm. Just not only just her veteran status and her name, but, you know, I mean, she's done it all. She was in Japan. She's, you know, yep. she's such a good resource. So yes. I definitely think that, um, yeah, I would be flustered if I were in match and she's there, like, because, you know, that's like, this is someone, I mean, if I wrestled, I would look up to her. Yep. I love her. I love Natty. And mm-hmm. I feel like Natty just, WWE just, I don't know, just doesn't sometimes know what to do with her. But I think in that kind of that training kind of role and being like big sister, she shines that way. So it could have been everyone was nervous. I could be too. I could definitely see that. I could see as much as someone would be nervous to be in the ring with a Sasha or a Bailey or a Becky because of their just kind of name power mm-hmm. and their the inspiration that is them. They don't bring to the table the same things that Natty does. And I could see being equally or more so nervous around a Natalia mm-hmm. because of the history that is Natalia and the mm-hmm. family that she comes from and the legitimacy that she brings to the matches that she's in that like mm-hmm. I could see it being almost a bigger deal where you're so like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't showman stuff. This is like this is like this dungeon is stuff. This is legit. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Like dungeon. Yeah. And her and her old man, you know, again, same thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But I did think Nikita, I mean, and I'll, I'll agree to you that if I had to pick a weakest link, Lash would be that pick, and I think easily. Uh-huh. That's not to say I don't think Lash is doing better. I think she is doing better. I think she looked better here than she looked last time, and if you're in developmental, then that's what you expect is people to uh-huh. be getting better. And I think Lash is on the right track. She's going the right direction. She's not stagnant. She's learning. She's growing. That's good. But don't I did think. You say what? Don't yeah, go don't go back to the talk show. Yeah, the talk show can go. We're on the right track. Stay stay the course now. I did think Nikita and Cora meshed together as a team much better than I thought they would. Mm-hmm. I thought they were both looked awesome here. And then I think Natty is just Natty, man. Like, what are you going to yeah. She's fantastic. I don't know. Nikita Lions every week just impresses me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about her. 
I, I can't define it. And I, yeah, but it was a really good, she and Cora had really good chemistry. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I really did. Even though I thought, uh, I think Lash brought it down for me. Yeah, yeah there was a few stutters. There was definitely a few stutters in there. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about the the segment, the second half of the segment we talked about before. Toxic Attraction goes to the beach without Mandy Rose because she's sunburnt. Wendy Chu shows up with Roxanne Perez. I like Roxanne said I should be training for the breakout tournament, and Wendy's all like, this is training. Like, <laughs> They go on. They steal Toxic Attraction sandals and the car keys, forcing them to walk through the parking lot and burn their own feet. I think that Wade was correct in saying these sophomore antics are ridiculous. I think Vic Joseph giggling about it was also correct. I had a feeling you were going to love all of it. Tell me what you think. Well, first of all, I had this feeling. I'm like, okay, when they did, when Mandy got in the tanning booth, I, now I had not watched it, no spoilers, because I've been really kind of busy this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when all of a sudden you see on the outside little sneaky Wendy Chu and her little shark, um, Kiyurumi, I'm like, oh, this bitch is up to no good. And it's just like me sipping on her damn whatever she's got there, her slush alcohol, who knows. But I was like, oh my God, this is great. And I know some people don't like this kind of shit, but you know what? It's enjoyable because it breaks that monotony. And I think it really kind of lightened the show. Because when you think about the Escobar, um, that that vignette, that's some heavy shit. And just some of the other things. And of course, you know, obviously you've got, you know, Gacy and Ron Breaker coming up. And it was a nice little mix that it provided good comedy instead of the bad that we were seeing with the whole indie Dexter crap and whatever. I just hope they just stop it. They don't um, do anything with Duke Hudson. I really don't want that. But yeah. then again... It did provide me. a nice lighthearted levity. Yeah. And I'll agree, because there was parts of it where I was like, why I mean, am I finding this enjoyable? You know what I mean? You know why it's enjoyable is because you have a, a woman wearing a shark thing. It's probably hotter than Hades because that's Florida. And humid as fuck. In a shark onesie. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. funny and it was very and it was lighthearted. But you're right when you look at everything else surrounding it, most of it was pretty serious, one way or another. Yeah. Uh, even the even the lighthearted stuff. Let me see. Before this, you had um, I mean the Viking Raiders promo that got interrupted by Pretty Deadly was supposed to be kind of silly, but it really kind of wasn't. No, it was funny. I'm you like, know, um, the breakup of the the breakout stars tournament giving their little bios on themselves a little bit of levity but really not like comic relief like this felt like you said sophomoric and silly and you can giggle because it it wasn't like damaging you know what i mean you gave someone a little bit of a sunburn someone burnt their feet a little bit on the hot concrete because the sandals but they didn't like steal the car or smash it they didn't leave a dead fish somewhere you know what i mean they weren't spray painting the side of a car like it was kind of a silly way to poke at someone and ruin their day, which was kind of funny. And 
don't know. I, I got a kick out of it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's far worse things that they've done in segments on NXT, black and gold and 2.0. So, you know, people don't like this one. I'm like, you got to kind of look at the big picture of it because it was kind of a, yes, there's really good wrestling. And yes, mm-hmm. there were some dark kind of elements, but you know, I'm sorry, but if they didn't have that segment and it was another stupid indie Dexter bullshit, well, if he was, you know, that would be, God. <coughs> All right. Again? Yeah, no. So I think that it needs something like this that's really lighthearted and fun. And not because I'm a total Wendy Chu stand. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. That has no influence whatsoever. She is my spirit animal. But I think it was really good character work. And I really like that it's showing a really good a good presence for Roxanne Perez, too. Mm-hmm. 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 That's true. Yeah. Um, actually, that's a great point. It was a great use of Roxanne. And the fact that Roxanne showed up and she's been in the main event already, her second match, she's in a storyline with the champions of the women like mm-hmm. between the tag team and the world like great standing for Roxanne immediately and yeah. a good spot for her like it's amazing yeah. I think that she is one of those pickups from the indies that they really see to put stock into her mm-hmm. and uh, because they've had a couple flops they've yeah. had some that have taken a while because it's been a slow build for Gigi Dolan. You know, it wasn't like she popped up whenever. I mean, yeah, there's yep. a lot of polish you had to do. Yeah. But now it's like, God damn. You know, mm-hmm. she's wonderful. So I think yep. that having the faith in someone like Roxanne Perez, it speaks volumes. Because people don't get that kind of treatment normally. So it's true. Yeah. True. Definitely not during a time where WWE is definitely not getting, getting any indie talent at all. Mm-hmm. Definitely during a time when NXT has completely changed the recruitment status to include zero indie talent whatsoever for them to bring mm-hmm. in indie talent and push them like this. It's kind of like, okay, guys, maybe you all need to relax with your dirt sheet headlines, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit left here. Viking Raiders versus the Creed Brothers. For me, it made me miss the Viking Raiders on the main roster <laughs> full time. Not that I thought it was bad. I thought it was such a good match. It reminded me of how fucking good the Viking Raiders are and just annoy me that they're not utilized weekly on the main roster in the tag division as a strong team. My sentiments exactly. No. I mean, I love them as a tag team. I always have. Um, Some of my favorite tag matches were of them in Japan. Yeah. And even some of the Ring of Honor ones, too. And it's just, they're so damn good. But I forget which Wrestle Kingdom I watched, but it was the one, you probably know the number. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're very high. It was like 13 or 14, I think. It was mm-hmm. the first one with Kenny and Jericho because that was my kind of my oh, introduction really? to Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clump had yeah. given me his access to his NJPW account and said, watch this Wrestle Kingdom thing, it's, you know, amazing. Yeah, that they, was... They were after. one of my biggest takeaways. 
I was yeah. all like, this tag team, the War Machine. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, after like eight hours of wrestling, the standout tag team to me was them. And they were still on my top three things I was talking about walking out of it. Yeah. You forget that oh, they're yeah. the best in the world when you don't see them all the time. Yeah. And it's a shame because, like with FTR, there are very few, very, very few people who are in a great tag team that yes. I would say, you know, these guys are some of the best in the world. And I mean, I think that, you know, Viking Raiders are, are, are the same there. It's a shame we don't get to see them more. But, you know, oh, I don't know the number of the WrestleMania, but I can tell you the WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom. But I do know it was at least after Kenny Okada won. Mm. Yeah, because Jericho came into that in the middle of all this crap. Yeah. And then also with the all in stuff when Kenny um, wrestled Penta and then uh, Jericho was dressed as Penta. And attacked him. That one shocked me. I'm like, oh. yeah. But we didn't hear Judas, so that was good. That's true. That yeah. is true. But yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed that. The Creed Brothers are getting better and better. Yep. But I don't think right now that just because of what I'm saying about um, earlier is I don't think they're going to keep put the belts on them quite yet. I do think they need to rebranding. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's going to happen. So. I could, in a world, see them get the tag titles and let that be the rebranding. Like, I could see them, barring Roderick Strong from ringside, mm -hmm. getting the tag titles, proving they can do it on their own without Roderick Strong, and then turning on Roddy and rebranding themselves as the tag team champions and now not and the Diamond like, Mike. We're done with you. Yeah, I no, could I see that. <laughs> Are you yeah. sure they know where he's going to go? Well, and if you're holding on to him just because you don't want him to do that, you know. I honestly don't think WWE gives a shit anymore. I think there was a period of time where they would have held on to people because they don't want them to go to AEW. Mm -hmm. I think AEW has proven that given an infinite amount of possibilities, they will not do the thing that is the best for them every time. I think that CM Punk solidified that. I think if you've made CM Punk not important, mm -hmm. you have missed the boat entirely. And I don't think that they think that Roderick Strong going over there would be any different than any other random person. They went there, they made CM Punk's debut important, and then they've made all of his matches matter less and less, and then they give him something to do from time to time. CM Punk is just same old, same old TV. It's reflective in their ratings. It's reflective in the way people talk about them. They don't know how to handle even the long-awaited return that the fan base have been begging for of CM Punk. If you could figure out how to ruin CM Punk's momentum, Roderick Strong's not going to be a fucking problem to them. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, why do I have this feeling in my gut that at I know we're talking about AEW again, but but I have a feeling in my gut that Punk's going to get that belt off a of hangman. I think so. And why do I feel like it all out? Because it's in Chicago. He has that belt. 
how can I feel like, like we're going to see it? We're not. The birthday boy? Not going to see it. No. It's not happening. I do. I do. A- ask him directly if, it's, if he even wants it. He's going to tell you no. He doesn't even want it. I've had it before. And he doesn't want it. Um, this was his answer to me. Well, you got the match you've always wanted. So anything mm-hmm. is possible. Yeah. That's and that was multiple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My two faves. There you go. There you so go. when he answers it that way, that gives me... <laughs> Just a, fuels your fire. That fuels my fire. It gives me a little glimmer of hope. Because, I mean, if, if like, any Joe Schmo were to ask him, he'd be out, nah, nah. But when yeah. I ask, yeah. Because uh, I know when he's bullshitting me, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why are you lying? I'll call you out. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up a couple things. Yeah. Alba Fire. You finally got to see the Alba Fire promo, yeah? Why this is part re- two. Go ahead. But why? I don't get why they're trying to repackage her. I mean... Ish. I well, I can't. I mean, obviously, I can't speak on behalf of them. What I can say is, her entire run in NXT UK, I hated her name. The moment she even showed up, I was like, Kaylee Ray is difficult to say because it's Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray, KLR, Kaylee Ray, like Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray. Like it was too difficult for me to figure it out. And obviously, NWA has Kaylee Ray. Mm -hmm. So, why confuse the marketplace any more than you already have? I think that she should have changed her name the second she got to NXT UK. I don't think it should have been her name to begin with. I've never liked it. I didn't care too much for her branding. I remember she was calling herself the Forever Champ when she didn't defend it for almost a year because of the pandemic. I didn't like that. So, I'll be honest. For me... And my bias, I love this repackaging of her because it's something I can sink my teeth into with her. And she's that good that I know it's going to pay off. Because I never thought she was bad. I just didn't like the content of her promos when when she was talking about how she's undefeated but never had a title defense. And I didn't like the name because it was a stuttery name to begin with. I like this version of Alba Fire with a bat walking around looking like a badass and not like a chump like the way there's two different ways you walk around with a bat like sting or like jericho she walks she walks around like sting (laughs) they both carry around bats and one of them makes it look like a badass thing the other one makes it look like it's a fucking big rubbery dildo he's walking around with (laughs) yes alba fire figured out which way she wanted to carry it she wanted to carry around like it's badass Yes. Disclaimer. Yeah. Is it going to look like a baseball bat or a wiffle ball bat? What do you want? Mine is a better analogy. But I yeah. do like the other one because you're right. That's how it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. I'm just thinking about him carrying that and hearing Judas. Mm-hmm. I would be on the floor. Right across the shoulder. Uh. But yeah, so what do you think of it? I mean, although the, the repackage seemed a little superfluous to you, what do you think about the repackage in general 
the name. Well, I really the... need to see more of her on TV because I really okay. enjoyed her since she's been on. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, well, oh. I just think the timing is weird. I don't know. Maybe that's just me and I'm being too critical. I also had sand in my craw about her because she's the one who took the title off Tony. And at yeah. the time, I was really not ready for Tony to lose the championship, even though she had held it for so long. Yeah. And I thought, well, at least she's going to go to NXT right away. And then she didn't. She stayed around NXT UK for a while. And so for me, I was all like, why the fuck would you do Tony Storm like that and not move her along right away, right? Like, So for me, there was a lot of bitterness there, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So I was kind of like, she's not all that. She's not better than Tony, right? But <laughs> regardless of that... Bottom line, she got it done in the ring every time. She does an amazing job in the ring every time. Mm-hmm. The things I didn't like about her, they've wiped away and replaced here. So I'm actually like more hyped than ever right now for her. Yeah, I will also say that I think when you talk about Tony in that vein, you know, AEW's narrative is they want, you know, her to look everybody to look less than Britt, Britt Baker, which we're uh-huh. all like, what the fuck? So yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Yep. And before we talk the main event, do you have anything to say about the Briggs and Jensen backstage segment with the medical? That was no. That didn't. Even be- <laughs> I didn't even I get to finish what the synopsis <laughs> was because you're like, stop it there. It's only okay. gonna get worse. <laughs> when, when, what was it like? Not even like. 30 seconds into it, I'm like, oh, no, you're not going there. Immediately. It was like, let's do a backstage medical segment where the narrative of the entire thing is that Jensen masturbates so much that he'll have a a benefit in recovery time. And let's make it obvious and weird. I'm surprised the medical – because of the way it was, I'm surprised they didn't have the trainer be like, your hand's a little sticky too. Like, okay. they were right there with it. Come on. You know what I mean? It's already bad enough what they did. They didn't need to have that. <laughs> Especially for those who figured it out in 30 seconds. So, yeah. 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 But, I... again, like I said, Wendy Chu and her sophomore mm-hmm. antics, cute and funny. Mm-hmm. That? Or, like, oh, what the why? What are you doing? Yep. I'm like, why? You're right. You're right. Um... <laughs> Anything that could have been cut, that would yeah. be the first thing to go. Oh, yeah. That and then Easy. the beginning. I don't know which was worse, the beginning or that. Yeah, no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, main event time, Braun Breaker, Joe Gacy, championship title match. I don't know how much Joe Gacy you've seen, because I know you don't catch every week, every time, and every match. Oh, no, I've been seeing a lot of Joe Gacy. You've been seeing... Well, as far as, like, in-ring specific. No, I've been going back and looking. Because he's kind of captivated me in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. What did you think about this right here, this program? I, you know, I'm like... I know they're keeping it on Braun for just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I need to see a run with Gacy with that belt. I think that'd be cool. I think he's been getting better and better since I've been seeing him. Yeah. And I think that they've done so well. Or if he has an influence with that character, I mean, it's just that Mm -hmm. and his skills. I mean, together, it's like the deadly combination. And I love it. 
And of course, Braun's like amazing. So the both mm-hmm. of them, I think it was like, damn. And you can't say the wrong person won because it's like, damn, right. they're both good. But I think that this will probably go on a little bit. And when it's a bigger, a bigger show. Yeah. I think that's when it'll happen. And then that's when Braun will go. I think that'll be good, actually, because yeah. I think that I think Gacy could make it a credible evil champion to be dethroned. Yeah. Um, my big takeaway was that these two dudes are both rookies, so far as we know, yeah. and you'd never know it. <coughs> both of them mm-hmm. are just absolutely incredible at what they're doing. I saw a lot of people trying to give Joe Gacy yeah. grief, and I know that Splinterplash has come and said it a few times. They keep seeing Bray Wyatt in Joe Gacy. I don't see that. Yeah, but the way you saw Joe Gacy and Bray Wyatt was the kind of commitment to character, a little bit creepy, a little bit backsided. They're seeing it as like a knockoff version of Bray Wyatt and a lesser than. No, I don't think he's trying to. I don't think he's trying to at all. I could see semi-inspiration. I could see him studying, but I don't see him as a knockoff whatsoever. He did do that one spot in the corner where he went upside down, and people responded to it so much that... Bray Wyatt started trending and people were saying that it was knockoff Bray Wyatt shit. But the thing is, is he's been doing that every match he's had. So why now are you saying it? Why now is it knockoff Bray Wyatt where the last six or seven times we've seen it, it wasn't, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that he was just doing such an awesome job in general. And I think that because we don't see Joe Gacy wrestle too often, you forget how agile and quick he is, mm-hmm. and it just is impressive every time. Like, I think they're doing a great job with him, to be honest, and his presentation. And yeah, Braun Breaker won, and like you said, it's not like the wrong person won because Braun Breaker such, makes such a badass champion, but it would be nice to see Joe Gacy with that title. The thing that, because I believe you also watched it on Peacock, Amanda Jane, is... The feed cut out right after the match when Braun Breaker is holding up the title. But according to the WWE.com, where I was pulling pictures from, and if you go to WrestlingOnTheRocks.com and the recaps, that's where I keep all of our notes for the shows as we're doing them and the recaps that I have that I go through now as we as we read through. I add pictures to there, and they're from WWE.com. Uh, it showed a bunch of pictures of Joe Gacy's druids coming in and surrounding the ring. Joe Gacy kind of smiling and, you know, being creepy. Ultimately, they all jump Braun Breaker. They hit him with chairs. Like, it was a series, like, 10 or 11 pictures. This went on for a while after the show cut on Peacock. And ultimately, they go over and they end up stretchering him out. But the druids are stretching him out. They put him on the stretcher that is, like, homemade looking with burlap on the sides and barbed wire along the edges of it. And they carried Braun Breaker out like that. I thought that would have been amazing to see on TV. If it aired on TV with Runover, cool. But Peacock, the fuck's the matter with you? Keep that part. The cock. The cock. <laughs> well, the cock is in a lot of trouble. Yes. You know, you, you lose Justin Lim on Fast X. Mm. that's a big money loss for them so mm. 
if you cut corners and things like that, oh, let's do this land segment. That's fine. Yeah. You don't need to, you know. But yeah, no, I yeah. Yeah. Anything to add? Yeah, and then you know, with Gacy, I was just thinking about this, but with Gacy, even if he's not wrestling Braun for the belt, like you know, week after week or whatever. Even having him and his druids do these psychological things. Yep. Great build up there, too. Yeah. I'm absolutely in. I do think it's a bummer Harlan's gone because I think he would have been perfect for this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's what it is. We get what we get. We just watch what we have. So. I love um, that they're now taking a lot of, they're taking a lot of big stock on Gacy. Which is yes. good. Because at first it was like, what the hell is this? You know, and I thought it was going to be a train wreck. But now it's like, oh, no. Right? Do you remember when Gacy debuted? Yeah. I hate how? And do you remember how, like, the IWC went berserk about how tone deaf it was, how awful it was, how WWE pulled the segment from their YouTube replays about how it was this dismal failure and how they're going to pull back entirely and rebrand this guy completely? Mm -hmm. Here we are, like, fucking four months later. He's captivated you. Clumps, it's one of Clumps' absolute favorite acts on any wrestling program right now is Gacy. And he was the one who was like, did you see that big fuck up about Gacy? Like, he was adamantly against him. And now he's main eventing and we're talking about why aren't they putting the title on him. Like, sometimes the IWC wants to give shit when we say things like, let it all play out. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you end up with some real fucking gems when it plays out. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the IWC does not understand the term long-term storytelling. That's a huge, great point. Because I saw someone talking about the Julia Hart segment on Dynamite with the House of Black Mm. and said, this is long-term storytelling. But it's not. Because like you said, they don't understand long-term storytelling. Gacy is a story that's being told over six months. It's building to a crescendo. Julia Hart is a story that started six months ago that they're picking up again now. There's a difference between building a story over six months and stopping a story for six months. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Long-term storytelling is not marks on a calendar. It's time taken to tell the story. And it's only really being used now to solidify that the death triangle mm. house of black shit. So yes, it's the secondary thing. Mm-hmm. Long term not... storytelling mm-hmm. would be Colt versus Phil. Call out. That's real long term. But it wouldn't be because they've done nothing about it since, right? So it would be. Can... It would be a story that goes back a long time, but it's not long term storytelling because. If it were, when 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 CM Punk first showed up, they'd have teased something with Colt. You'd have seen them backstage cross paths and look at each other. And then they could move on. And then something happens. And then during one of CM Punk's matches, Colt Cabana's ringside and walks out in the middle of the match and doesn't go. You know what I mean? That would be long-term storytelling is leaving breadcrumbs along the way as you go and not just saying, we're going to pick up now and talk about what happened six years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, the only glint of it was I have some un- there's people you know unfinished business with in the back. Yeah, I remember right. I saw that. I was like, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you do. I'd say this now. I'm telling Cole, if I can't be their front row, and the only person not in a um, CM Punk shirt, I'm going to be pissed. I'll be honest. If they do it, (laughs) I'll go. You have to wear a Cole Cabana shirt, though. You don't have to buy one. I have tons. Okay. I'm like over, <laughs> almost 50. <laughs> I do. Theoretically, all the wrestling on The Rock's original promo gear is Colt Cabana's shirt because he made money on each one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's just missing that dollar. He's yeah. like, Dan and Amanda, go back. No. Yeah. No. We need to oh, get yeah. soft style shirts again. Go back to that. I'd do it. Yeah. Get a little shirt of, maybe we'll make custom shirts of just you and the Boom Boom shirt, your little cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's big. Uh, mm-hmm. The only other thing I was going to say, are you, are you done with the with the shows? Yeah. This month was, is it Pacific Islander Awareness Month? or, or Asian so was, American was Pacific Islander Heritage Month. That's what it's called. Shout it's out sick. to my peeps. And I'm part of that. And we get 31 days because there's yeah. a whole bunch of us. Yeah, I was seeing some cool stuff. I saw WWE post a few things mm-hmm. of some of like the bloodline and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you if you thought that WWE was gonna release a, a Cody Rhodes shirt in honor of the of the month, like they basically you did. Know in AEW. I wanna, you know what? I was waiting for it when May first hit. I'm like, where is it? Where are the proceeds going to go? Hopefully it would go to Tonga to help rebuild Tonga. But I didn't see it. So I need to add Cody Rhodes and say, hey, where's my charity Cody Rhodes shirt? Because it's Asian American Pacific Islander Month. That's fun. It is kind of weird, though, when you think about it, too. Like, since Cody's been gone... They haven't done like those same kind of promo things that I've seen as much in AEW. I wonder if him and Brandy were really truly spearheading that stuff. You know I what I mean? As much shit as we gave them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. you don't ever hear about their work with Culture City anymore. No, you really don't see it as much. No, and you don't see, um, you never hear about Make a Wish. Does AEW and do stuff with Make-A-Wish? You would think. I hope. Yeah, you don't hear about it. I know That's we true. can't all be John Cena. That's like true. John Cena's Mary Poppins practically perfect in every way. <laughs> yeah. It's true. We know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did think it was cool as a side note, too. They did a really nice little Make-A-Wish segment on SmackDown. and. Mm-hmm. One of the there was a girl in the audience in the front row, all decked out in Drew McIntyre gear, and they talked about how she got to meet her hero Drew McIntyre that day. And I was like, "That's fucking cool." As much That's shit cool. as I give Drew, you know that bad. you know that he did everything he could to make that the best day. You know what I mean? I like you know that. that he went above and beyond. There's no way that he didn't sign everything she owns. You know what I mean? Like, it's like here's a sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she probably has a picture of her holding the sword. You know what I mean? He yeah. probably let her hold it and play with it. Like, 
Probably. You yeah. just know so that you want to go outside to the thing yeah. and you can see it in their face. Right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I would freak out. I would freak I... out. But no, I think that's cool. Yeah. Because some of the people I feel in WWE now, um, I don't think you really you hear that they do stuff. Mm. But it's not like when you have Cena doing it. And you're right, when I think about it too, like you know Titus O'Neil does. But you know who I used to see post about it a lot? It was mm-hmm. Mojo. Yeah. Mojo was always posting pictures at charity things, and you just don't see it as much. I will say that this year I've seen – I hate to say bigger names because it sounds demeaning to some. Mm-hmm. But but realistically, like I've seen more photos of like Seth, Becky, Nikki A.S.H., definitely the Dana Brooke. She's always at a lot of those too. Um I've seen a lot more of those kinds of stars do it where before it was really a lot of the Mojos, Dana's, Titus O'Neil. It was always kind of like people you didn't see a lot on TV. So I do think it's cool that the TV stars are the ones that are, are putting themselves out there a little bit more on those because, you know. Those I mean, kids I can't tell fun. you, I don't think I've ever seen like Moss or Roman. Roman I have. Oh, you have but oh. Roman, but Roman also used to not let the cameras go with him. Because there was a lot of years he was going to the cancer wards when he didn't want people to know he had leukemia ever. And so there was years where he would go and wouldn't really let them take a lot of pictures and stuff. And he would tell the kids, hey, I went through the same thing. Like he does because he's connected to them in that way. And. I mean, if you're a little kid, I mean, fuck, how much of that must, must have meant to some of those kids mm-hmm. sitting there struggling, and then they see their hero with the championship belt have to lay it down because he's got the same thing you got, and then come back? Like, that's got to be everything. You know what I mean? That's got to yeah. be. We want to talk about inspirations to us mm-hmm. to do better, to work out, to try for something we never thought we would. Mm-hmm. That's true inspiration right there. That's an inspiration that I don't think any of us really quite gather, you know? I did. I totally forgot he was. He did that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Said, oh yeah. I you know I visited someone who was in rehab. Told him that I'd be you know. It would I mean something. If he did, it would mean something. It could mean a lot yeah. if he did. Mm-hmm. I hope people those calipers know that, feel that, and do that because man. It can be everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even but. it's surprised to me when Randy Orton does them. And I do I do know he does quite a bit of them. Yeah. Because I'm like, he just looks like he's a dick. <laughs> Sorry. I, <call> him. <laughs> I really enjoyed meeting him. He didn't want to play. I felt like he took himself a little extra serious. And I felt like he knew that. And um, I think you're one of those people kind of went above and beyond because I showed up in a ref shirt with a championship title and I'd met four people that weekend or I met more well I met Mojo Oscar Seth Rollins Becky and Randy Orton also RVD and Christian and I was having them hold up the title while I was holding up their hand like they just won right I went over to Randy to do that and he goes I get it what you're trying to do because the ref thing he's like we don't need to do that all right, man and I was like all right. And he goes, if you want to hold the belt, whatever, that's cool. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to hold it. And I put it down. 
And then we just kind of did a thing. And then as I'm walking out, he, like, stopped me. He was like, hey, hey, wait. And I was like, what? And he's like, I want you to know it means a lot that you're here. And I really appreciate that you came out to see me. Like, I understand you spent hard-earned money to come meet me. And he goes, and I want you to know I really appreciate it. Like, thank you so much for doing this. Well, and I was I like, wow. About him. That shocks me. Yeah, I, I didn't think he had to. I thought that it was also totally fine to be like, hey, my gimmick is a little more serious than that. I want to do goofy shit online because I know you'll post it because I would. I will post it. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. I post it? Yeah. I could see him doing that, but he didn't have to, like, pull me aside and be like, I want you to know it means a lot. You know what I mean? Like, that was cool. And then when I got in the line, because you had to do the photo, then the signature, mm-hmm. I brought up a Rob Schamberger, and we had a few – we talked about Rob Schamberger for a couple minutes about how talented he thought he was. He, he said his name kind of wrong, and, and – I was like, ah, it's close enough. He goes, no, 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 I want to say it right. Like, what? how do you say his name? And I was like, oh, it's Rob Schamberger. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he goes, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. He goes, I just have a hard time sometimes with names. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, he took extra time and then didn't have to do that, you know? So, okay. little, yeah. little anecdote. I wouldn't think that from him, though, to be quite honest. I wouldn't think he would feel like he had to, yeah. right? I'm, well... I think the only person that I've met that was like, oh, I'm a dickhead. And I'm like, whatever, I didn't pay for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an ROH. I can't remember who it was. I'll have to, I'll have to go back. But yeah, no. Everyone I've had really good reactions to. And you know, I don't remember them. Like, Marty the one, always the first time I met him. The one I was, who was kind of a dick to me that. I still like vividly. I'd have to go through and think about all my meet and greets to see who was like really dickish. The mm-hmm. only one who comes off to me like right away was Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. When I met I him, he that. was not very nice. I've heard that. I've heard yeah. that. No, um, you know, let me tell you, this is a true story. Okay. I mean, you know me, I grabbed Cena's ass. Okay. I didn't get in trouble. That's true. But okay. When I met Cena, he was. It was an autograph signing. It was when Twelve Rounds came out. I can lie. That was a good movie. Anyways, yeah. um, when I met him, like we were talking for a minute, and then he laughed and he the dimples, and I was like, "Stop it!" <laughs> I slapped him. The security guy was like, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm sorry." He's like. He's like, no, you're just really excited. And I go, what's your dimple? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, you know, I'm like, God, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, I'm glad he didn't see me, didn't identify me as the one who pinched his ass. Yeah. He's like, wait well, a second. <laughs> I know those hands. <laughs> no, but, I know that grip yeah. anywhere. Yeah, but Cena was, I mean, that was one I was like, God, that's going to be fake, you know? Mm-hmm. He was really genuine, and I was like, really cool. Yeah. Oh, you know who it was? It was, mm-hmm. um, hate to talk shit about women, but one of them is Tennille Dashwood. Yeah, not surprised. Big bitch. But... Big bitch. And then I want to say <laughs> the other one. I have to look. Naturally, some people are like, oh, was MJF a dick to you? No. I met him a couple of times. Yeah. That motherfucker carnied me into buying a shirt. That's funny. So I went over. It was in Chicago. It was all in weekend. And I went over to Colt. He's like, what's that? And I go, 
your fucking son over there carting me into buying a shirt. Mm. And he's like, well, well, he's like, that's rude because you're not buying one of mine. I go, I have all of those. Mm-hmm. Come on, <laughs> Why am I going to buy something when I already have it or you give it to me for free? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it, well, it happens. Yeah. Um, I'll have to go through and see if I can think yeah. of anyone else who was. Most of them have been pretty cool. Al- Alexander Hammerstone, fucking so cool. Oh, Hammerstone's the best, dude. He's, He's awesome. Fatu's the best. Dunderosa, yeah, people, awesome. Oh, yeah, people, Jacob Fatu was so good. Yeah. People blow hot and cold with Janella, but you know what? I'm like, you either got to him when he was hung, really hungover or whatnot, but, dude, that's my homie. Yeah. And... No matter what or when or whatever, yeah. It's always yeah. like excited to see all those kinds of things. Um, but you know, that's it's all how you it's all how you see it and yeah. whatnot. Because another one who's really great too, and you would not think he would be, mm-hmm. is John Johnny. Insert your name. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, he's oh he's well. the best. I love him to death. Him and his wife, they're so cool. And like whenever I see him, I know he follows me on Instagram, which was really weird. Because one day I was like, "Why is John Hennigan following me on Instagram?" It's probably a con, like a role player. Nope, it's him. That's fine. Okay, all right, that's cool. Well, we'll be back for more antics and drinks next week in the dive bar of the IWC. there's a was it? There's a pay per view this weekend for WWE, but there's nothing like no big shows in the middle. But for AEW and NXT, right? No, um, AEW just has the huge yeah. um, rampage and um, you know the internet yeah. and then next week. So, but yeah, no. I, wait, what pay per view is WWE doing? Uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, they're calling it cool WrestleMania ones. Backlash. When it used yeah, to be you got Backlash. Cody and Seth, uh, Edge and AJ, mm-hmm. um, the Bloodline versus RK Bro and uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. Like, it's got some cool stuff. So yeah. Oh, we'll that's another goes. guy who you would. I, at first, I'm like, this guy's probably a douche canoe. Is Matt Riddle? No. Already. That dude's loving life. Cool that's dude. Funny. Yeah, nice. he's loving life. That's good, man. That's good. Well. Yeah. Guys, we will be back here next week for a brand new episode one right here in the dive bar of the IWC. That's last call. Cheers. Hey, producer here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers. I would never have a drink of less than on the rocks.